It's time for Cats Talk Wednesday. Small town and big city joined forces. Benny Hardy of Lynch, Kentucky, and Terry Brown of Louisville, Kentucky, team up to give you free-flowing, laid-back sports talk. Focus on Kentucky Wildcats, as well as pertinent information in the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. And that's what we do, man. That's what we say every day, every week. Cast Talk Wednesday in here. Terry, TB Brown, Vinny Hardy in here. Happy Wednesday evening to everybody. What's up, TB? How we doing, man? As I told you before we got on, I had a little dental surgery today. So, I, you know, I may be slurring my words a little bit. I may be sounding like Coach O uh, <laughs> when I get up. <laughs> well, you know, the guys and the guys and the things and the on the bayou. <laughs> 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 but I, other than that, I'm doing good, man. Oh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. I got I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I got my official. It's January, February, Kentucky, April. And just letting folks know, because you got a lot of these fans. You know, we're not new to this. We're true to this. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Uh, I call it uh, Kentucky is uh, March is Kentucky time, because when it comes to it, ain't nobody been to more tournaments, won more tournament games, been to more Elite Eights. Only one team's got more championships than Kentucky, so I can calls it Kentucky time. So yeah, there you go. Replace March with Kentucky. If y'all don't know, now you know. For everybody that's been listening, y'all been on for a minute. Everybody watching, y'all just learned. If you didn't know, TB shirt, that's how that's the mentality of Kentucky. Uh, that's how we feel. If y'all are watching on Roku, I'm representing the BS3 on Roku, so y'all can. Type that into the search, BS3TV. Y'all can find us. Appreciate you listening. If you're listening and never watched, you got Roku devices, type in BS3TV, and then y'all can watch us or keep listening like you have. We appreciate it. Uh, follow us at our Twitter handles right there, tbrown underscore 80, at Vinny Hardy, at Cats Talk Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, speaking of March, the Kentucky women started the month off right to Terry's point. about it, yeah. So bringing that SEC tournament championship back to Lexington, taking out number one South Carolina in the final after dispatching Tennessee. (laughs) 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 I live outside Knoxville, y'all. If y'all don't know about that, I live outside Knoxville. Led wire to wire against Tennessee, never trailed. Dispatched LSU before that and Mississippi State. Before that, four games in four days. Uh, for now, the win streak is at 10 in a row. A few weeks ago, they were 9 and 11, and everybody was like, Kyrie Elsey got to go. And that, look, I don't mean to brag, but one thing we don't we don't really do on here is, is kind of like panic and get get our drawers in a wad about the least little thing. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to recruiting or when it comes to, you know, Kyra Elsie, who was only in her second full year facing adversity and people were wanting to run her out of town. When, let's be real, Coach Mitchell faced adversity and turned it around, and he was a lot more experienced as a head coach than Kyra Elsie was. He, he was way more than two years in when he had his stuff, fixed it, and got back good. And now she had a little stuff, had some suspensions, had some health issues. Had you know, Dre Edwards, Brian Howard got suspended in year one. The the super duper star. So they they had yeah. some little some little button up some heads. 
like happens from time to time, put all that in the back burner and made this run to the chip, taking out Aaliyah Boston and Don Staley and the 29 and one South Carolina Gamecock on the way. Absolutely. You know, uh, we talked at the time, uh, the women, uh, the UK women, they started off real good and then they hit, they hit a real bad spot. They had people, some folks suspended. Got to remember they lost Blair Green in the offseason uh, as a rotation player. Uh, they were playing a lot of games with like seven or eight scholarship players, if that, you know. So uh, they just went through a rough patch. And you and I talked about it some weeks ago. Uh, you know, people wanted her gone. You know, I, I tweeted a, a tweet that got some traction after the game, after the championship game. Like, I found a picture of a crow, and I said, some some folks need to eat this. And, you know, I, I'm not one of those people to pull up old tweets and all this kind of stuff. But uh, as my dad used to say, you praise and you condemn at the same volume. Mm. So if you were standing on your soapbox saying she need to go, then you need to also get on your soapbox and say, look at this amazing job she did. Because this team was dead in the water. Uh, you know, the, the most recent comp I could have would be for the 2014 men's team. The only difference was during those rough patches, there were flashes, right? Julius Randle was still, he was a beast consistent throughout. The team just couldn't gel. This team looked bad. The women's team this year just looked looked bad. Yeah. And you, you, you had to be thinking, even if they get these players back, you know, uh, uh, because like anything else, the SEC is brutal. When you just route off all the teams they had to beat to, in four days, that's a who's who. Mm -hmm. You know, Tennessee is not the, the Tennessee of old, but Tennessee is still Tennessee. Yeah. You know, LSU, you know, when we talk about uh, kind of brand names uh, in college basketball, women's college basketball, uh, Mississippi State has been to a Final Four in a championship game of, of recent vintage. All those teams that – Kim Mulkey left Baylor to take the LSU job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was a it was a great weekend. It started off with the gymnastics team beating LSU for the first time ever. And for folks that don't know, when it comes to gymnastics, Alabama LSU, they're multiple time national champions. Multiple time. And uh, they Friday evening, uh, the gymnastics team kicked off. Uh, beating LSU at LSU, which uh, again, that's that's huge. That's huge. And then it just kept rolling. Uh, the women by that point were si getting ready to size up Tennessee on Saturday, sized up Tennessee. The men went down to Florida, a place where, uh, you know, I know they won four straight, but for a while there, it was a little janky <laughs> going, going down to Florida. I, I remember some of those lean years going down to the Odone. Uh, but it was a look, it's always a great day to or a great, great time to be a Wildcat. But this was this was a really great weekend. And, and watching that women's game, uh, the women's games, I, I caught uh, most of them. You know, they just they just played hard and it, it's, it's hard to not get into kind of the these these cliches. They just wanted it more. But they they just hunkered down, played like they didn't have anything to lose. And uh, we were on the spaces last night and Van was talking about it. There's that moment when you kind of look around, if you're Kentucky, like we can beat these people, we can beat these ladies. Like 
we can beat Tennessee. We can beat South Carolina. Because his point was the game, the last game they lost was a close one to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And we know close only counts in horseshoes and grenades. But you can still take away and say, if they're the best in the country, we hung with them. Okay. And you can use that as a springboard, and it looks like that's what the, the, the ladies have done to go from unranked to their number 16. Uh, I know they'll be on the road most likely to start the tournament, but after watching what Kentucky did, would you want to play them? Yeah. Right mm-hmm. now, they, they've got they've got confidence. There's that, uh, that video, I think, that the, the official women's account put out yesterday of syncing it up with the uh, – with the with the call on the radio and Elsie, she broke down the play exactly how it was exactly how it went. Yeah, you if you could follow what she was saying in that huddle, it went that way, and Kentucky hit the shot. It was almost like a movie. Mm-hmm. But that can happen when everybody's on the same page and everybody's believing and what they're doing. And right now, because um, it's not just Ryan Howard. No. It's not just a one one woman show. You've got a lot of uh, ladies. Treasure Hunt playing well. Uh, Edwards, you know she's you, she hit the big shot, but she had some bumpy roads this year. Yeah. And so it's hard not to watch these videos and the post game videos and uh, uh, the shot. Uh, and, and Coach Elsie made it on the Good Morning America. Robin Roberts of Sports uh, not uh, Sports Illustrated, but uh, she used to be on Sports Center ESPN. Talk about that that winning feeling in Kentucky. So um, I watch it. I got emotional, man. You know, mm-hmm. I talk about all the time. I joke with uh, joke with the wife, and I'm like, you know, sports really is dumb <laughs> when you look at it. There's no stakes to winning and losing except this kind of performative kind of thing. However, <laughs> I'm still involved in sports, and there are moments where like I said, I'm always proud to be a Wildcat, but those young women did us all proud this weekend uh, down in Nashville. And Coach Cal was there. Yeah. And it was fun watching him as a fan cheer and hoot and holler. Uh, and it goes back to when we had former assistant AD uh, Dwayne Peavy on a couple of times. And he talked about the culture that Mitch Barnhart is building at the university. We're about championships and titles but also there's there's that family it's not just coach cal over here and uh, and you got mark stoops over here it's it's everybody pulling for everybody and that's what really makes what's going on special uh, mm-hmm. i know a lot of folks don't like mitch because of the checkerboard because there's no alcohol at at kroger field however from swimming and diving last year, winning the SEC, to the women's basketball team winning the SEC. Baseball's off to a really good start. Took care of uh, uh, ranked TCU last weekend. So the the point is, you cannot like him for the superficial stuff. But to quote Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. And right now, you've got a lot of the Kentucky programs firing on all cylinders. Whether it's football doing things we haven't seen. I mean, two 10-win seasons in the last four years and only one in the previous 40. Like, there's there's something going on in Lexington. And as a Kentucky fan, I'm excited about it. And and like, uh, I forget, Coward, what 
show Kyrie Elsley was on, but she she said in breaking down the play, we knew they were going to come off on Ryan when she curled around to the corner. They doubled and went with her. So it was like she was already knew what Staley was going to do. Uh, you know, Robin Benton, you mentioned Massengale. Edwards hit the shot. But and Edwards, who was who has had to run in, has been suspended a couple times. And she even said it. Well, we bumped heads, but we were able to get through it. We came through this adversity. From Compton, went to Utah originally. I didn't know this. And was the Pac-12 freshman of the year out there before coming to Kentucky. So the talent was there. Um, and like you said, Kentucky just didn't have anything to lose. Still undersized, giving up size and height. Because, I mean, South Carolina had Euro 6'5", 6'6". Tennessee had a big front line. And, you know, Edwards is only 6'2", kind of like Ryan Howard. And she went right at her, got a shot blocked a couple of times, went right back at her. I mean, just... You know, they call it a big dog, you know, move over Vince Merrill, but there's another big dog. <laughs> that's but right. That's, that's the right. way she played. She, she wasn't backing down. She didn't give an inch. Aaliyah Boston, you the player of the year, you this, you that. I'm here, and you got to deal with me. And you know, she dropped 27 in that fourth quarter. What, South Carolina went the last, what, four or five minutes? They didn't get a bucket? Yeah. I mean, it, it, was, it, was just, it was just toughness. And, you know, I hate to get into that coach beak, but it was want to. How bad do you want this? And and sometimes, like, it, it, I don't want to get into the skip bailiffs of these guys that, with this will to win, but but sometimes it absolutely do you do you want to do this? Do you want to put this work in? And uh, that's what made this team special. Undersized, probably under talented. Like I love the ladies, but if you if you look at the the rosters of the teams they beat, you know. Mm-hmm. Outside of Ron Howard, you know, if you're drafting, you know, when's the next Wildcat going to get drafted? But the fact is they believed in, in what Coach Elsie was doing. That tough love turned the season around. And so I don't know what will happen in the tournament, but, you know, if, if they can get one or two wins, you know, this is a, this is a, this is a step forward for the, for the program. For sure. It, it, it's going to be tough, but what they already did was tough. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and what they been went through before they did what they did was tough. So as far as being battle tested goes, <laughs> you won't find many more battle tested in this team. Right, right. You know, and 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 that's the thing too is to to get to this stuff is this stuff is hard, right? When you're playing thirty games like this, this stuff. Even if your team is really, really good, there's moments where you got to fight through some things. You know, uh, Tony Delk has talked about, you know, that 96 year. Yeah, they won 28 games, whatever it was. I can't remember now. But, you know, not every night things are going to break your way. Like, you got to really fight through some things and and, and bring that with you to the postseason. So I think the the women's team, uh, I think think they've got that juice first – SEC uh, tournament championship since 82. Yeah. And, you know, knock wood, what happens down in, in Tampa, uh, Kentucky have the opportunity to do something that only Georgia has done, and that's have men and women uh, tournament, SEC tournament champions in the same year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Friday night, 
it was 8.30 Eastern time, 7.30 your time. Yeah. Uh, the Cats get it going against, oh, what's the bracket? Potentially. It's the, it's the winner of Alabama, but uh, it's Mrs. No, it's Georgia and Vanderbilt. Yeah. And then uh, Alabama gets that winner, and then Kentucky gets the winner of that game. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we, we talk about the men's team, obviously Oscar Shibway, player of the year of the SEC, I mean, that was a, a foregone conclusion. The craziest thing to me is he's only number 17 of SEC players of the year for Kentucky, mm-hmm. which Tennessee's got 11. So when you <laughs> yeah, I know. Bernard King, Alan Houston, Grant Williams, uh, some, yeah, so when you but hmm. it, the, the the point is, you know, when you look at how dominant Kentucky is or has been the the the, the, the SEC player of the year really hasn't really Purpor- hasn't been there. It's not proportionate to the No, but but yeah. cuz you have a lot of years like 2015 where Kentucky's beating everybody's brains in and everybody balances each other out mm-hmm. and uh, Bobby Portis wins it. So it wasn't no strange <laughs> thing, but SEC uh, – and the, the strangest thing is Cal's had six. Mm, a third of them. Yeah, Shibway, <laughs> and you got uh, Ulyss, you got Monk, you got, of course, Anthony Davis, you got mm-hmm. John Wall, and mm-hmm. I'm missing somebody. But he's got six. PJ didn't win it, did he? No, I have to see. I have to go. I, I should have had that ready for him. But the bulk of them <laughs> have come in the last ten years. It's like we've been beating everybody's brains in. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, it has to be. It has to be Oscar. Uh, his his uh, all SEC SEC Player of the Year. Different publications are already coming out with him being Player of the Year. Uh, All American, the uh, Sporting News, and Sports Illustrated. He's got to be. Uh, I don't know if he'll sweep him, sweep them all, but he's going to get the big ones with what he with what he's been able to do. Absolutely, I'm going to put out a poll right now. If y'all follow us on uh, at Cats Talk Wednesday TV, because what's more ludicrous, the fact that um, and what it what it pertains to Oscar. The fact that he was not initially able to receive NIL due to being a foreign student, or the comments that Bob Huggins said about him not working hard and all that. Which which one of those situations was dumber? Well, so about the Bob Huggins thing, I tweeted this out and I had a lot of some some pushback. Bob Huggins is a Hall of Fame coach. Mm-hmm. Like he's not in there yet, but he's going to be. Bob Huggins has been very very good to great for a long time. But this is just a bad look. He, all he needs to say is it just didn't work. Oscar at West Virginia just didn't work. But when you kind of hammer home the point that this dude doesn't want to work and we're all watching with our own eyes, the math ain't mathing. You're a coach that's supposed to be able to have an eye and see stuff, and, and you keep saying this. <laughs> and and so I think we talked on here when Oscar's coming out with those ridiculous 20 20- rebound efforts okay at some point teams are going to scheme for that right like he's going to have one guy on him and and when the ball goes up they're going to put two guys on him they did that like (laughs) everything you could think of to neutralize a great rebounder they did 
and he's still putting up rebounds. He's still grabbing boards like that. So this is one of the most amazing seasons I've ever seen. Absolutely. Still there, T? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Are you here? Yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. But, 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 but Oscar, uh, player uh, of the year, first team, all SEC with nine guys on it, which is always weird. And then uh, severe, <laughs> yeah, and, and and Ty Ty on the second team, and I just that they just missed time, and I get that, I get that, uh, them being on the second team, um, but again, it goes back. You look at all SEC; it's not really as proportionate as you might think. With with, I mean, Kentucky's got the most. Don't get me wrong, but when you've been dragging the SEC for as long as we have, you would think there would be. <laughs> Uh, a little bit, a, a little bit more, like uh, like Kareem and airplane dragging Walton and Lanier to court for forty eight yeah, minutes. Tell your tell your old man to do that forty eight minutes now. Uh, but the 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 UK Invitational down there in Tampa, uh, there's no team I'm scared to play. Uh, we talked about this on Spaces. I've seen people tweet about it. At some point, we got to pretend that uh, Kentucky basketball is actually pretty good. Right. And, huh? So, I just said right. I'll just agree yeah, with you. yeah. At some point, we've got to pretend that. And I and I, I've told some of the youngsters, you don't get to eight NCAA titles. You don't get to uh, what is it? Seventeen Final Fours, I think. Thirty six lead eights. You you don't get those numbers without kicking a lot of ass. Like it, that doesn't just happen. Uh, I, I Matt Sack, who we had on the show, uh, I guess a month or so ago, you know, talking about you know who we need to play, who we match up, and 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 I like uh, from the Watchmen movie. I know you're not a movie guy, but Rorschach, one of the heroes, gets locked in jail, and then and they're in jail, and they go fighting, and uh, he whoops whoops some butt, and he says, "Oh, you think I'm locked in here with you? No, you are locked in here with me." So it's not about who Kentucky got to play. It's who's got to play Kentucky. That's the, that's the point. And, 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 you know, Auburn fans, I'm happy for you. A lot of success. But as I was watching uh, Florida flail around when the time was running out toward the end there in Gainesville, Florida (laughs) used to be national championship. Good too. And And now it's a poverty program. That is true. And And it's, Oh my bad. This is unpopular, and we got our guest in the green room too. Oh, okay. We got to bring him on. We on Roku and stuff now, so we got we got green room stuff. We fancy. This thing, this is not popular, but uh, Lance Ware, when I first saw him, look, he can do whatever he wants. I ain't got no problem with it. But I I got a little bit of a Joe Kim Noah vibe when I saw the saw the little ponytail. I was like, oh. <laughs> I, I, I took it off. I took it off. I was like, do what you want, Lance. But woo, making me think of Joe Kim. But then you know. Just for a minute. We got to bring our guest in. This man drops knowledge everywhere. Came on here and dropped knowledge. Came on here and talked about Kentucky football. was going to win 10 games before it actually happened. Before you and I were really even kind of comfortable believing it. This man. I was was lukewarm on it, baby. I know. And, I, you know, because we and he he saw it. He's a programming director for Sports Radio American Network. Uh, He hosts the College Credit Hour. Football Writers Association voter. This man does it all. Goes to bowl games, covers bowl games. Been here, done that, done it all. 
here with us again. Should have been had him on here. Excuse my English. Should have been done had him on here way before now. Talking about our guy, Memphis Spence. Man, welcome back in here, Memphis. How you doing? Uh, what what a pleasure it is to be on with the legendary Vinny Hardy and the legendary Terry Brown. He, the Terry, you a little cold right now, though, man. I started looking out your uh, at some of your posts, man. You a little cold right now, bro. Yeah, what's colder than being cold? The uh, upper Midwest. That's what's colder than being cold. All respect. <laughs> All respect to Andre 3000. It, it stays cold and snowy here, but we're we doing good. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I like what you said, though. It's about, oh, oh, they in here with us. Somebody's got to play Kentucky. That's not a good, I mean, that's that's not going to be fun, whoever it is. And and that's, that's the thing. Uh, that always gets me about Kentucky fans. It's a mixture of an inferiority complex and a superiority complex. Like yeah. we'll tell you, you know, Vinny's got the poster behind him. That's got all the accolades. Like we'll tell you about it, but then we'll still be scared that we got to go play somebody. And I'm like, we got an Oscar Shibwe. Like we got the national player of the year. Why are we scared? Wait a minute. Kentucky fans do know that the last time you had the national player of the year, you won a championship, right? I mean, I don't have to come on here and tell you guys that. <laughs> All right? five starters average double figures. The last time that happened, like, come on, man. Like, look at our history. Like, Memphis, you was on the spaces last night. And, yes. folks, they, they love to bring up, like, the losses, right? You know, 2015, all this kind of stuff. My point, Vinny, was we are so good that for other programs, 2015 would have been devastating. Like, you look at, like, a St. Joe's. Yeah. You know, with Jameer Nelson, you know, they had that great run, but nothing, they got nothing to balance that out. We no. do. Like, yeah, right. Right. You know, we're right back in it. You know, we don't just gear up for the one generational Final Four run. It's like, oh, it's been five or six years. It's time to get back. But yeah. go ahead, Memphis. I'm sorry. You, you the guest, well, not the doing the talk. Is, is that enough? Because sometimes, I mean, you know, I, something I took from the spaces last night, I was just like, man, have you ever seen like just, it feels like the Kentucky fan base is rich and they don't know it. Yes. It's just like they're tripping over money. And I'm like, man, pick some of that up, dog. Enjoy having the national player of the year. Everybody, look, I wrote down who the national players of the year for the last 10 years are, right? Let me read them off to you. Luca Garza at Iowa, Obi Toppin, Dayton, uh, Zion Williamson, Duke. They can win a championship with him. Uh, Jalen Brunson, Villanova. Uh, Frank Mason, Kansas, Buddy Hill, Oklahoma. Almost, almost, but they didn't win a championship. They got a Final Four, no championship. Frank Kaminsky, Wisconsin, Doug McDermott at Creighton, Trey Burke at Michigan. Did they win a championship? I don't know. Louisville doesn't have a banner anymore, so. Oh, there you, <laughs> uh, there you but, go. <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, Anthony Davis, championship. Jalen Brunson and Anthony Davis are the last players of the year that have won a championship in the last 10 years. Kentucky and Villanova. I mean, we're, have some, we're not talking about a whole lot of other players. I mean, other programs that people are worried about. I don't see Auburn. I don't see, I don't see any of these. I don't see, I mean, we're talking about blue bloods mainly or programs that have really strong basketball history. Kentucky fans just need to calm down. Yeah. You have a national player of the year. When teams have the national player of the year, 
there's only been a couple of uh, teams, Creighton and Iowa, that have gone out in the second round. It's mostly Elite Eight, Final Four, and championships. That's it, so. I'm expecting the same for Kentucky. Yeah, it 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 gets frustrating. If you're on the outside looking in, I'm on the inside looking at it. Like, why are we complaining about this? <laughs> right. You know, it's I, like, I tell like I said, it's like rich people that don't know that they're rich. I'm like. This is one of the best programs. Y'all are in here complaining like, like you know, it's Memphis or something. We got a lot to complain about. Got, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We up on charges. You know, there's a lot. That we got we got stuff to complain about. You know, LSU, I was on a, a LSU show, AYS, uh, yesterday. They got something to complain about. You know what I'm saying? We'll wait. We don't know what's going to happen. Probably a show cause coming down for him. Will they have to fire him? We don't know. Um, but... Uh, you know, there, there, there are programs that have something to complain about. The only thing that Kentucky has to worry about is whether or not they get in a one or a two. Those aren't problems. <laughs> and that's a year after the nine-win season. Like right. any any other program has a nine-win season. They got to take two, three. You know, you got to get two or three recruiting classes to get back. We were just like, all right, and cool. A new coach, <laughs> 10. You know, I mean, seriously. You have a nine with who? Okay, now, here's something I never looked up, but I can guarantee you that probably 95% of all D1 college basketball teams have fired their coach after a nine-win season, right? I mean, usually you don't have a guy that's already won a championship that just had a nine-win season. That normally doesn't happen. So most programs are, are it's not two, three, it's, it's, it, it might be five, ten years before they can rebuild that thing after a nine-win season. So there's nothing, there's nothing really to worry about in, in Kentucky. I think people, uh, people don't like Cal's bravado. You know what I'm saying? They, he doesn't, they don't like the way he does things. Same thing, when, when he was in Memphis, it was the same, some of the same stuff. You know, he brings in one of the, one of the top players. People still got problems with him. He starts, you know, recruiting. Now we have like four or five NBA players. Yeah, but you didn't win a championship. Like, calm down. We were just, you know, when was the last time Memphis was playing for a championship? Okay. You know, that was before we were playing in the pyramid. We just have fun, you know, even though we lost to Kansas, have fun, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, with this. Sometimes you have to calm down your fan base because they, they can't see the forest through the trees sometimes. Yeah, you, you're talking about the Mid South Coliseum days now, Brick, yeah, yeah, with, right? With, with right. David Kirk and him, let's bring it. Let's bring right. it. Let's you bring know it. about that? You talking about nine hundred one, baby? You talking about nine hundred one? Hey, Memphis. I keep telling folks when it comes to college basketball rivalries, yes. Louisville and Memphis State yeah. in the eighties, yes, was rough. People don't know about that. The Metro Conference people, people, people do not know about that. That Man. was that was war. That was a real war. Yeah, and then you throw Cincinnati in there, and it was Tulane was good. Don't get me talking about weather's being down at, Miss, at uh, 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 Southern Miss. Woo! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Virginia Tech with Ace Custis and those Virginia like Virginia Tech. On. You know, Florida State. There was a man. It was it was it was yeah, popping. South Carolina. Yeah. South Carolina was South Carolina. Old, it was back then, man. It was popping. Yeah, there we go. Now, we dating ourselves, though, you know, when we talk about that old Metro Conference, kind of dating ourselves. Well, well, it, it came, you know, everybody got quiet in the spaces yesterday because you brought up, you know, the time where Jordan wasn't winning. And people were like, what? What is this? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you know, the time where he was losing to Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas. Oh, I remember. Yeah. And, and yeah. So <laughs> many, we, we were segueing. We were talking about Coach K. We got, we got to talk about that because that filled me with joy this weekend. Yeah. But I'm old enough to remember when Coach K couldn't win the big one. 
Like you yep. went to like four or five straight Final Fours, and they were like, "Yeah, you can't, you can't do yep. it." Because yep. remember, UNLV beat their brains in in the '90 yep. championship. Like it wasn't even close. I mean, and everybody's like, "Look, that's a wrap. He ain't gonna get it done." At the same point, that's when Jordan was putting up these numbers, but the Bulls mm-hmm. were getting beat by the Pistons in the first and second round. Yeah, and I remember, yep. hey, Coach K can't win the big one. I remember when they said Jordan couldn't win and wouldn't right. win. I, right, yeah. Which is why you it's can't tell us. Duke and 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 Chicago started winning around the same time. I think yeah, uh, Duke won their first championship in '91 in Chicago. A couple of uh, uh, years be- before that, um, but yeah, I remember that. I remember the rhetoric. You know, hey, no, they're not. Gonna, they're they're good, but they're not going to win the big one. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because yeah. Louisville beat Billis and them in '86. Because he'll he'll say it on the air every now and then. Now talking about <laughs> I ran into Purvis Ellison the other day, and I tell him he's wearing my ring. Yeah, you know, yeah. Louisville beat them, and uh, Coach K. Uh, he talked about when he first got to Duke, and this was like a, a crack of humor from him. He actually made me chuckle. He said. He was happy that that North Carolina won in '82 and NC State won in '83. That took all the heat off of this guy's. They couldn't pronounce his name. Who's over here getting his brain beat in at Duke? Nobody was paying attention to him losing and losing and losing because yeah. everybody else on Tobacco Road was winning chips. So that you know that's the glare off of him. So yeah, and and uh, you know UNLV destroyed him. You know that first time around. So, yeah, that was that was he was kind of Peyton Manning. You know, when we oh, yeah. okay, get it. When we get over the hump, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. No, that that's right. That's right. So Memphis, what is your th- what's your, your? I want to get your thoughts on the Coach K the farewell tour this whole season, and then what we saw on Saturday uh, out of North Carolina. So it's been this year's been kind of weird because Coach K has constantly said, "I don't, you know, it's about the team. Don't make it about me." Um, you know, it's about the team, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, and they've had a fairly decent season. Uh, and then some, you know, there are some articles written, oh, well, North Carolina didn't honor Coach K, you know, when they played there. And I'm like, what, what is – could you imagine, like, they're, you know, Memphis honoring Louisville then? No, no, we, that's not how rivalries work. They might throw tomatoes at him or some, you know, or, or pennies, but they're not going <laughs> to honor him, right? Um, you know, they 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 may give a, a, a you know a, a standing ovation after the game, but it's gonna it's a, a rivalry is a rivalry is a rivalry. Uh, and then okay, you have your you know Cameron Indoor last game of the season. You scheduled, you you knew North Carolina was on the schedule. You knew that was the last game of the season. You could have pushed the game. You could have pushed the award ceremony or whatever up or back. You chose to do it on that game. And I mean, how are you going to take? I mean, you know, oh, we're going to we're going to beat you, and then we're going to honor our coach, yep. you know, right afterwards. That's the mindset. No, no, that's yep. not that's not going down. And North Carolina came in there loose. Like, what do we have to lose? Either we're just going to get humiliated in Cameron Indoor. Or we can pull off one of the biggest upsets of of the decade, if not the biggest, in the regular season. And they did just that. I don't yeah. know who scheduled that. That was probably and, and I don't blame, you know, I don't blame the the kids at Duke. That was way too much pressure. 
you had like 94, 95 former players there. You had people flying in from L.A. I mean, there was a whole lot of pressure. We're talking about, you know, some 18, 19, 20-year-olds that all of a sudden they're looking up, oh, man, there's Grand Hill. You know, there's, you know. Uh, Adam Silver. Right? Jerry, right? Jerry Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Right. You know, no. I mean, they're looking around at who's who. All of a sudden they're, you know, on the Lakers floor basically. Because that's what somebody said. It was like, look, this is a crowd that you usually get for the Lakers. Just the who's who in the house, you know, and, and tickets going for, you know, $5,000, $10,000. So um, I don't blame them. They got they probably got a little starstruck. Moment was too big. Uh, what does is, what is Mr. Go30 say? Moment too big, piss down your leg or something like that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that happens. And especially at that, le- at that level. Uh, so I don't blame them. And Coach Case came out and said it was unacceptable. Yeah, it was, but who scheduled that? Whoever scheduled that, I don't know if it was, it, it was somebody in the athletic department or whatever, they, they, they've got to go. Because you can't – that – the crying – I mean, North Carolina has a lasting memory of making the entire Duke crowd cry <laughs> yeah, on a I mean, celebration day. That's that- – I mean, that's better than the Stackhouse dunk. That's the best North Carolina memory ever. Yes. You know, yeah. and, and, and this is what I said last night on the Spaces, Vinny. It, it reminds me I was reading about it was uh, Bill Russell's last finals against the Lakers, game seven in L.A. And uh, Russell is beat down. The Celtics are old. You know, some of those uh, Celtics greats had moved on. He's the player coach. He's tired. They go in. Uh, shoot around and it wasn't the forum but wherever the lakers are playing they got the balloons they got the streamers they got everything ready to go in game seven and bill russell says you know basically bleep this we're gonna whip their ass and he goes for like 20 points 25 rebounds and the celtics win in game seven you know if you're hubert davis you ain't got to do nothing no all you have to say right look because it's not like it was NC State on the last game or Virginia or even Maryland or, you know, Miami, Florida. Like, we North Carolina. They doing us like this, and, and we got Michael Jordan. Like, they doing us like this. We got James Worthy. They doing us like – we North Carolina. That's all you got to say. And and when they came out and Duke punched and North Carolina punched back, I said, oh, we got a game on our hands. Right. Right. And, and like right. you said, members, uh, uh, Duke got the lemon booty. And North Carolina is like, this, this is our five. We we running with it. And thank you, North Carolina, for giving us all the, the crying Duke uh, memes and, and shots and everything. Look, there were – let me see here. There They had three other home games in February that they could have done this in. They could have done this with Virginia, but that game was close too. Uh, the only one that you know they 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 actually lost that one by a point. Yeah. Um, Wake Forest, they could have picked that one. You know what I'm saying? Florida State, Ham- Hamilton, Leonard Hamilton's having you know a, a, a kind of off year. They they should have picked that one. Um, yeah. But you know there, there could have been they could have done this. They could have waited till you know the season was over or whatnot. There there could have been another time for them to actually do this. And whoever scheduled this, I I don't know how you keep your job. Like well. Look on your resume. Hey, okay, what was the last thing you did? Well, I scheduled the, uh, you know, Coach K, uh, you know, extravaganza 
on North Carolina Day. What? No, man, get out of here. It was it was so uh, yeah, that, that was that was probably the biggest. Fit. I had I had a lot of fun as 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 much as. I don't know if I had as much fun as Maryland or Kentucky or, or North Carolina fans, but I was having a lot of fun uh, drinking some of those Duke tears. They could have done it Monday. They could have done it Monday because, you know, you're getting ready yeah. for the ACC tournament. The players are all probably not practicing that day. Just uh-huh. you know, everybody come to the gym, have a little event, and have the same thing they had Saturday after the game. Yeah. On Monday, everybody would have took the day off for carved out time on their schedule to do it. The South Carolina, the North Carolina loss would have, they would have been, you know, moved on from that and just been focused on, all right, commemorating our coach who's been here for four decades and blah blah blah, you know they. And and I I don't buy the the talking heads are saying you know this is the last thing Coach K wants. No, Coach K is a narcissist, and that's fine. Most big time college basketball coaches are. We right. talked about Memphis. You talk about uh, Calipari's bravado, right. Bill right. Self. Ain't exactly humble. I'm okay with that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can't say Coach K didn't want to do this when we literally saw Roy Williams be like, "Peace," and hit the door during the off season. Like, yeah, no there's doubt. a way you can do that. If you don't want all this hoopla, then you don't announce your final season and and get all this, and you're demanding all these carve outs and all these celebrations, like. Why would Maryland want to honor Coach K? Right. Like, why would you? Why would you want to do that? You know, I remember Kareem's last year, and a lot of those presentations he got, it was awkward because I'm like, Kareem been beating these teams in. Now he's going to go to Boston to get like a rocking chair or something. Like, right. yeah. that that doesn't work, right? You know, <laughs> I, it just when it comes to coaches and the farewell tour, that turns me off. Now. As a Kobe fan, I like that one, but you know, I'm biased when it comes to that. But Coach K, like, he, this is the last thing he wants to do. No, he doesn't. He wants he wants the attention on him. Good, he's earned it, and he can have it. That's fine. But don't pretend yeah. like, oh shucks, they're making me do this. No, they not. They my, twisting your arm. My wife is from from Tennessee. I grew up a Tennessee fan. She's she's converted over now, but she was you know. Oh, wait, how do you do that? Because I need to convert my wife from a tennis. She's a she's a Tennessee Vols, uh, especially women's basketball fan. And I'm trying to convert my wife, but I can't get. How did how did you uh, uh, do that, Vinny? I just, I just you know watching all the games like I do. Uh, <laughs> when her her my father was still alive, it, it was the fun banter, the trash talk back and forth. And then you know she just she just slowly came right on over. She just okay. trying to work herself out and. You know, the, the Lord was working with her spirit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, was, I was, first of all, for the Duke Carolina game, I just kind of, I blacked out on all the coverage. I didn't really watch a lot of the, the hype leading up to it. So I was wrongly under the impression that it was going to tip at eight in prime time. Mm. So I turned the TV on at seven. And it was halftime. I was like, "Oh, this thing started at six. I was mm-hmm. thought I was gonna catch forty five minutes of the you know talking heads and blah blah blah. Lead on up into the eight o'clock tip. So I turned on this halftime two point game. Oh, okay, and so immediately you know my son he's like, "So we we pulling for North Carolina?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "We we dislike them less than Duke in this scenario." 
it's always a learning moment with the kids like kids this is who we don't like right now like yeah. let me break it down for you there's a hierarchy to this we always don't like louisville right but when we take a step back if this team plays this team yeah yeah breaking it down and my wife was like why why you hate duke so much and so i was t- i was showing her telling her about the leitner stuff and i was you know and of course that, you know, sure, Kentucky's bounced it out since then, but that's hurtful because you had a you know a bunch of kids from Kentucky. Leitner goes 10 for 10 from the field, 10 mm-hmm. for 10 from the line. I know that stat line. I shouldn't. I spit that stat <laughs> line out just like Terry spits out Jerry Wright's stats from Super Bowl 23 every other show. Terry 11 catches, 215 yards of a touchdown. He was Super Bowl 23 MVP in the uh, 49ers 2016 win over the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. But go ahead, Vinny. <laughs> he stomped on Timberlake's chest and got to yeah. stay in the ball game. Duke was unlikable before that because I was I was loving when UNLV beat the crap out of them in 1990. They were already mm-hmm. unlikable mm-hmm. when they you know he hits the shot to beat Kentucky after should have been ejected. That took your hatred up to them to the through the stratosphere. You, you and plus. And Kentucky fans get a little delusional about you know, we want a player from Kentucky. But that team, you had Mashburn, you had Sean Woods, you had dudes from Kentucky, Richie Farmer, Pelfrey, Feldhouse, a lot of them from southeastern Kentucky from where I'm from, white guys. And that's, I'm just going to say it, three white dudes out there on the court with Kentucky mm-hmm. across the chest playing against Duke. You can say it don't <laughs> make me more, but it does. So that's why everybody is so much more bitter about that. And that's why we still kind of petty about Leitner. So I'm trying to break I'm throughout the second half. I'm telling my wife why, you know, I hate all this, why we hate them so bad. I said, they're kind of preppy. They're kind of rich kids. You know, that rich school that you didn't like when you was growing up. Yeah. I said, well, that's been Duke the whole time. She's like, oh, okay. Okay. So that's why you don't like Duke. That's why we're pulling for North Carolina. And then, so I, I come in on the second half and it's a game, like you said, North Carolina done already punched back and here we go. And then they pull away. They separate. They run them off the floor in the second half. I mean, yeah. it, you know, and so I'm telling her all this. Now the ceremony starts. <laughs> and in Coach K fashion, classic Coach K fashion, this is impromptu. This is unacceptable. Everybody right. tries to clap and drown him out. I know. He pulls a, all y'all shut up so I can apologize about how unacceptable this is. Everybody be quiet. So this some shit away. He, he he had to just boss everybody around and throw his weight around, even trying to apologize for unacceptable loss. Y'all That's right. put your mouth so I can apologize for this butt whooping we just took from the Tar Heel. So I mean that's that's it, man. That's it in a nutshell, right there. <laughs> oh man, good times. Classic times where you're like, is this real life? Did he just stop the proceedings? To tell everybody in the gym to shut up. Yeah. To kind of throw the team under the bus. This is unacceptable. No, it's like, wow, that's this is this is classic Coach K. Yeah. Uh, that's hey, that's stuff you say in the in the locker room. That's a locker room yeah. kind of stuff. Like yes. you still gotta go coach these dudes. Like you still got games to play. And you can't be talking about this is unacceptable putting me on blast, and I'm still gotta go out here like 
I don't know. I, I don't know how that's going to play. CBS or was it on ESPN or CBS? I forgot. But they panned over to the team. They had the, the towels on their head. They were like, he's just putting us on blast. We know the entire world's watching this. We just put us on blast like that. I, I was. I was dying laughing. It was it was it was fun. When, when North fun. Carolina pulled away, I was I was straight Petey Pablo. I took my shirt off, <laughs> spit it right there. I said, North Carolina, come on and raise up. All right. <laughs> oh Lord. That's great. Great. Hey, something last night, Terry, that that I didn't know. Um, who was the last player hanging in the rafters uh at Rupp? Who was the last player? It's Tony Delk was the last one to go up. Tony and, Delk was the last one. Yeah, and from the 96 team. So basically, you're looking at the last 30 years of Kentucky basketball, three championships, other Final Fours, other SEC players of the year, and only one dude. Like that, and I, and I hate to turn this into a North Carolina love fest like I did last night, but North Carolina basically, if you do X, you get right. This is how you get honored. You, you right. take all the all the everything out of it because I mean they got Rashad McCants hanging up there and I, I I guarantee ain't too many North Carolina fans like we got you know he ain't got a lot of people in his in his in his corner but yeah. it it takes that emotion out of it so it's in theory in the next five years or so maybe ten years it could still possibly be just Tony Delk and we've got a backlog of dudes from the nineties from uh the Tubby Smith uh, era that, that deserved to be up there. Uh, I would I say mean, that, that, there's open. a lot of guys that I can think. Of. I mean, I'm just saying there's like is Jamal Mashburn up there. Yes. He, it was okay. Mashburn and then Delk and then nobody else. And somebody pointed out it took Tubby so long to get up. It shouldn't have taken him that long mm -hmm. to get up there. So I don't know all the, the behind the scenes workings of that, but if we mm -hmm. end up, you know, in 10 years, if it's 2032 and it's still Tony Delk is the last one, like, then just bring it all down. Shut it down. Yeah. Just just, just shut it down. And I'm not saying you honor Aaron Harrison, although he gave us some great memories. Yeah. Okay, you don't want to do that. But you got to have Bogans. You got to have Prince. You got to have Anthony Davis. Like Anthony Davis has got to I, – I, I just – I'm sitting here just like, well, what are they waiting? This is year 10. You know, like what uh, what are they waiting for Anthony Davis for? Uh, well, my understanding is you've got to be away from the university. Is it five years, Vinny? I think, I think so. it's five years you got to be away. Then you go into the Kentucky Athletics Hall of Fame. So of the Cal guys, you've got AD went in fairly recently. Okay. Uh, John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, now, okay. after that is where it kind of becomes – Okay, you're you're in the Hall of Fame, but what's that? Oh, people can't, you know, the people listening can't see me doing my hands in this, this dramatic fashion. But watch this on Roku TV. Yeah, watch watch this on Roku and you'll see my hand gestures. But other than that, I don't know because there's a lot of old folks that say, Well, he was just one and done, but I'm like, he was kind of the one and done. And right. it's like it's like the NBA at 50, the NBA at 75. Okay, are we looking at best players? Or are we looking at these are the dudes that we need to recognize to tell the NBA story? Like, yeah. for my money, Bob Cousy, you know, if he played 10 years after he did, any time after that, he ain't getting no run in the NBA. But you can still acknowledge what he did at that time, right? Like, mm -hmm. 
Right. There's there's some dudes you're like, okay, he wasn't all time great, but we have to tell the Kentucky story. And I don't know how you do that without Anthony Davis. I don't. You can't. I mean, honestly, I can't see how you do that. Like Walls and Cousins, uh, uh, Wall, uh, Cousins and Wall, I think you can't. I would say that that's probably, that was the rebirth, right? Yeah. That was the rebirth of the story. Yeah. So you have to have them at some point in time. And then Anthony Davis is like a staple. It was a championship year. Yeah. So, but they're old heads that just don't, they're like one and done. And I'm like, man, the world has changed. Yeah, and it's okay to acknowledge the world change. I'm like, is it, you know, is it that they were one and done? They were only there for a year. You can't. Yeah, but what? the point I've made to people, I'm like, you look at the first twenty, and uh, or so, uh, they played when it was segregated league. Like so, I mean, See, I always <laughs> always have to tell people, and I remind them, like guys, you're counting, you know, championships uh, before 1970. Might want to think that because there's a lot of stuff that happened. Uh, you know, the, the the SEC started, you know, kind of integrating right around there. And um, I can't tell you with all honesty that the best players were on the quarter of the field. You know, so yeah. so if I can't tell you that, then I don't know how serious you take those championships. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, I, when, I, you know. when, in Memphis, you know, when integration happened in the SEC, you know, Kentucky was first. We've had Mr. Nate Northern to come on and talk, and, right. and it's, he's he's fantastic. Yeah. But the teams that 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 bought in first stayed good. Like people right. forget, Ole Miss was really really good, but they really right. really like segregation, and so that's how you end up with Mississippi native uh, Jerry Rice, Mississippi native Walter Payton mm-hmm. not going to Ole Miss, right? right? So that's right, Marcus and, Dupree. And, Right, right, right. They they were they were into because remember they didn't take the Confederate flag away from the football games until we were in school. I remember that being a big deal. Like they really wanted to do it. Now Alabama, as a state, may be on par with Mississippi with some of their beliefs. But when Bear Bryant got his brains beat in by Michigan State, he was like, "We need some of those. We need some Negroes." And so those teams (laughs) that, that 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 did that, and you know, we talked about Joe B. Hall being that guy for Kentucky. Like when we talk about the history of Kentucky basketball and we did this when uh, coach Hall passed away, coach Hall was that dude. Is this just going to be what Rupp built or can we position toward the future? And the future is we got to get some of these Negroes to play. I mean, that's the bottom line. So if Hall doesn't make that pivot, then we are like all those teams that used to be good. Yeah. Leonard, no. Leonard Hamilton's having an off year this year, but Joe Hall hired Leonard, and yeah. then you know Ray Warford and you know Jack Givens and and Mary yeah, Haskins and, and, and all those guys that you know transitioned on into where it is now. Yeah, so if you don't make that, if you don't make that move, then you're like you're like Ole Miss. Exactly, that's exactly right. So. TB, you talked about how we we talked about the women's team winning the SEC championship before you came on Memphis, you know, beating South Carolina and and all that. And TB, congratulations about that too. Yeah, it was you know, first time since '82, and just one of those sheer joy moments when you you see you know down 15 in the second half and come back against you know Don Staley and that machine that she's got going on in South Carolina. TB yeah. said, you know, stuff gets you emotional, so we. 
I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, uh, and of course, Memphis, we had you on talking Kentucky football before, Chris Oates, who uh, had a stroke a couple years ago inside linebacker for Kentucky, stood up for the first time out of his wheelchair. Wow. We were on. You talk about something making you emotional because this dude, this dude, Damon Davis, who is with the Washington Commanders or whatever they are now, drafted in the first round, 19th pick overall, because I was, as a Cowboys fan, I'm like, you know, this was before I knew what Michael Parsons was about to do as a rookie. I'm like, what? We can just go and get Jamin Davis in here with Bossman Fatten, Quentin Bohan, and all that. That was my Cowboys bias. But uh, Davis went to the Commanders and had a solid season, but he was behind Chris Oates on the depth chart. And he went 19th overall in the first round. Uh-huh. So this young man is balling and has a stroke. And we've seen the university and Coach Stoops kind of do things to help his mom. And to to for us to, to you imagine we got kids, I got kids, you got kids, TV. Um, just uh-huh. imagine your kids are healthy and then, boom, they are not. And now they're just standing up is an achievement. And it took a lot out of him. He stood up and then he did it again. And it was, he was exhausted. And this kid was playing high level SEC football a couple years ago. So you talk about getting a little dusty, boy, that, you know. And I, I, that's fantastic. I didn't even know that happened. And uh, I'm just sitting there thinking like, man, every day is a blessing really from God. I mean, you can't really, you never know what's going to happen. All you can do is go out there and pray and, and have faith and hope for the best a lot of times. But mm-hmm. he, he, that the fact that he stood up, because there's a lot of people that they give up, right? You know, and, and they're not even facing circumstances like that. Uh, but they give up and they don't, they, don't, they don't work through those situations. But you tell it, I'm not even watching it. You telling me that, man. I'm like, <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. uh, that's ooh, that's powerful, man. That's powerful. He, he a couple years older than your daughter, three, yeah. four, five, six years older than my oldest son. TV, so it just it just you know, it just hits you. It's yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Especially when you when you got when you got kids of your own, and you see that kind of thing. It's uh, a and, and thank you for reminding me. My daughters are getting older. I appreciate I appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. <laughs> and I'm trying to think about his mom as a parent. How how traumatic for her to see her son now, you know. So I'm not trying to bring it down, but I'm we couldn't not mention Chris Oates doing what he yeah. did, you know. And and he tweeted out goal accomplished. So you know, before that, he was talking about you know make the league, do this, do that, and now just stand up, and that's a, a huge. Accomplishment. So I, I you know, there's sometimes right now, man, that is that is amazing. Sometimes we get on topics, and there's there's so much stuff that we've forgotten to talk about, and sometimes we'll backtrack and get it. Sometimes we won't. This was one you can't not talk about this this week. You just can't wait till next week or the week after, and we forget yeah. to talk about about Chris Oates. Yeah, um, I, I saw that. I saw that video, and and it and it's very powerful. Like I told you, you know. In the abstract, sports is dumb. Like what, you know, we're not solving the world's problems with sports. It's just a, it's a fun leisure activity. However, 
<laughs> there are moments that just kind of, okay, you know, uh, whether it's Chris Oates walking again, you know, other folks have had traumatic injuries that, that, that come back out and different things like that. It's, it's going back to that Olympic, the triumph of the human spirit, you know, where there's just, it's not even about wins and losses at that point. Y'all remember, I think it was the 92 Olympics that, uh, that track runner, he's running and he like, it's Achilles, it's his knee or whatever, right? He's worked all his life to get here. There's this video, his, his dad comes down out of the stands yep. and, 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 and brings him. See, I'm getting ready to tire about that now. But, you know, the security guard comes, the dad pushes him off, and he, and him and his son cross the finish line, and they both just start crying. Those are those moments where yeah. we know the Olympics and the politics behind it, and it's all this kind of stuff. But you, you really boil it down to sometimes humans just giving their best, and uh -huh. that's what the Chris Oates situation is uh, is for us. That's and fantastic. You, you know, it down, Vinny. No, but to bring it back up, uh, <laughs> another. <laughs> Another thing, but Kentucky is is the Sweet 16s are going on this week. It's the girls this week. Kentucky is 16 regions in the state, small town, big city. It don't matter. Whoever wins the region goes to Rupp Arena. They draw out a bracket, and whoever wins, wins. It's one state champion. It's not Class 6A, 5A, 4A in basketball. So the girls' Sweet 16 is going on. It started today. The boys is next week. The 13th region is where I'm from, Southeast Kentucky. So the school that I went is consolidated into a county school now, but I would have been in the 13th region. The winner of that 13th region is North Laurel. Their best player is Reed Shepard, son of Jeff Shepard. So I know you remember oh, him. Okay, and yeah. Reed committed to the state, which, you know, Kentucky fans like to worry a lot about. <laughs> stuff way more than they need to. Like we're a poverty franchise. We worry. Yeah. Back a few months ago, the worry was, well, well, first of all, will Kentucky, will Cal offer Reed Shepard? That was there was a lot of angst about that. Mm -hmm. Cal offered. Then it was, will, will, will Reed commit to UK? There was a lot of angst about that. He commits to UK, so you know they get worked up about all that kind of stuff. His team, North Laurel, had not won the thirteenth region. He's a sophomore this year. No, is it junior? Junior, 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 yeah. junior this year. First two years, he had not won the region. Knock Central had won it. He hadn't you know, been getting knocked out. Been getting a lot of hype, getting knocked out. This year, they beat Knock Central. The team has been knocking them out of the regional finals every year. They beat Knock Central to advance to Rupp Arena next week to play in the state tournament. And there was a clip of Jeff in the crowd just boohooing because he's seen his son finally knock off this squad to get to the state tournament to get to the sweet 16. So watching his kid, you know, and he's tearing up and he's just, he just all the emotion coming out. So of, on a positive thing, like you said, I ain't mean to bring y'all down, but this <laughs> TB you've had memories, your girls duking it out, playing field hockey. Maybe you've kind of welled up. Maybe you've had little things where, you know, lots of parents have seen their kids do a lot of different things. So it's cool seeing that video of Jeff who won at the highest level in this state. And it's still a legend watching yeah. his son be able to go to his first state uh, tournament. So that was that was positive tears for uh, for a happy nation. 
Good times, man. Good times. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we're doing the field hockey thing, and, and Big Miss, her high school team, finished uh, state runner-up in field hockey this year. So we, we're looking to do a lot of the – we're starting this recruiting thing, man. We're going to be doing some trips and stuff and camps over the summer. Uh, so she'll, she'll be, uh, here in Iowa cause Iowa's women's team is really, really good, uh, on the same level with, with Louisville's, but, uh, we, we, we doing that, man. So yeah, watching your kids do something is great. Now for me, I, I tip my hat to Jeff Shepard because when, when the girls are playing basketball, I was basketball dad. Cause you know, basketball is my thing and I'm, I'm trying to coach, you know, I got the salt and pepper shaker, like this, is how you need to do on pick and roll. So for me, it's been beneficial for them to pick up field hockey because I don't know anything about it. <laughs> you know, I cheer, I cheer when the other parents cheer. Like that to me has been great. I just get to sit and go. If it was basketball, I would have notes. I would be you know you know sit down. We watching game film. This is how Isaiah Thomas did it. Like I would be doing that. But with it being field hockey and lacrosse, I'm like, did the ball go in? Okay, good. Like I cheer. Like I'm hey, you know, I, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how to score gymnastics. I don't even know how to take score. I just look. Okay, yeah, good. Uh, that's great. You know. Yeah, I used to take the girls to the gym, UK gymnastics meets, and they're like, "What? Yeah. How does this work?" I'm like, "Well, you see, the thing I is, score points somehow, right?" <laughs> yeah, I'm like, um, I don't know. <laughs> what did you guys think? Uh, what did you guys think about the uh, the combine, uh, the NFL combine? Man, did you get that you Davis watch kid. Yeah, that Davis kid from Georgia, like usually if you see somebody that big and they mad at you, you're like, well, I cannot run this dude. But now <laughs> you got someone with like 340, 350 running a eight. Look, man, all you got to do at that point is just pray. Like what? I don't right. know. What right. Like, the, 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 the combine, I think, can sometimes be overblown because we've seen a lot of dudes put up a lot of big numbers and it doesn't translate, right? We've seen right. – Right. Going back to the Tony Mandridge, again, dating ourselves, all mm -hmm. these guys that are combine guys. Uh, but for me, it was just like you look at all those Georgia players, you're like just watching Georgia play, like that defense just looks fast. And then they get the stopwatch, and I was like, oh, okay, that, that works. That, yeah, I, exactly. That's what we saw, and that's exactly what – because you, 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 you look at these guys and you're like, man – Imagine that guy, because I mean, you know, uh, mass times acceleration, right? Yep. So imagine the hit. <laughs> right. He's coming at you like that fast, that bit. Oh, man, no, that's that. It, it, I can't, his poor knees. I don't know. I mean, God must have built a, he, he must be <laughs> a thing. Because I don't know how you stop, start, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the physics there of how you're running that fast. At, at that size and you could just stop on a dime you know what i'm saying i mean this this guy's going to be pushing through double teams in the nfl uh get to the quarterback and i mean that is that's got to be a scary sight uh coming yeah. at you freight that that is a freight train coming at you yeah. um, and that's why it, they, they let the quarterback slide now yeah you got those people yeah. hey give i'm gonna give myself up <laughs> you know i'm not toughing out for an extra yard heck no i mean what do you what do you do with someone that big and that strong running after you? Like you've got to. I don't know. I mean, you you, I don't you know. look at like what Aaron Donald did. Like, ain't no right. human supposed to be able to do what he did. You know, exactly. those last few plays of the Super Bowl, you can't be blocked with a double team and then reach out and grab a running back running full speed. Like, right. 
that is Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. Like that is not what's exactly. supposed to happen in real life. But exactly. They breed them like that. <laughs> SEC man, there's so much talent. I mean, uh, I, I, there's a guy, uh, one of your offensive linemen, Darian Kennard. I think the Steelers are taking a hard look at him uh, after the yeah, combine. He's, He's, he's he's been solid. The offensive line, and that was the thing I think we touched on when you were talking about Kentucky getting to 10 wins. Mm-hmm. They were starting in the trenches. Yeah. Like the, yep. the, the big blue wall has been the thing, even mm-hmm. when we had questions at quarterback, questions yeah. at wide receiver, you yeah. know, the running back, what was going to happen. But it, it was like, let's just get some dudes in the offensive line and we can yeah. kind of figure it out. And they have. And now you're sending dudes to the league. Uh, from the offensive line that are setting all kinds of, is it the PFF, PPF rankings? I don't know. I, I should yeah. know all the analytics pro stuff. Football, the pro football focus rankings, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I see all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, oh, okay. So it it it's panned out. I, I knew that Kentucky was doing something right. I, I'm a, I'm a uh, FWAA member and uh, finally a national voter, but I've been voting on the Outland Trophy for quite a while, interior linemen and whatnot. And I knew that Kentucky was doing something right because I kept getting the – you get the preseason. You know, hey, keep an eye on these guys. It's usually about 100 guys over, uh, you know, over um, all the FBS teams basically, 100 guys to start off with. And I'm like, man – there's, a, there's like three Kentucky guys on here. So I knew like when you start seeing that, like, oh, I need to be watching Kentucky's line, that I knew that's when Stoops was doing something right. I was just like, okay, they're building – the way he's building this team, he's building this team like from from the inside out, which is what you used to do. That's traditional football, blocking and tackling. Yeah. Because if you can't get – if you can get any quarterback – that gets five or six seconds to get through his progressions are going to, they're going to be pretty good. You know, it's when you start getting those rushes in there, but if, you know, if you can protect your quarterback for five or six seconds, you can make some passes. And if you have a mobile quarterback that can just, you know, tuck it and run um, it after he gets through his progressions, then you have something dangerous. I started seeing Kentucky put something together. I was like, okay, this is going to work. This is going to work in today's game just as much as it would have worked, you know, uh, 30, 40 years ago because they're doing it the right way. They're doing it. This is this is what football looks like. Uh, it doesn't always have to be spread offenses. I know everybody gotten into spread offenses and the, the defenses that, that, that are uh, most effective against spread offenses or whatnot. But sometimes, sometimes it's about third and short. And, you know, being able to get those dudes up there like, hey, I need you to hit this B gap. Well, will there be a gap? You know, everybody's always talking about hitting the B gap, but if you can't get the guard to actually do his job and, 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 you know, get some separation there, there's no gap to run through. But Kentucky's done a very good job uh, over these last five years of, of, you know, stacking that line and it just seems to get solid there. In my opinion, and I've been saying this for a little while, but in my opinion, Kentucky passed Tennessee about three, four years ago in the SEC East, and it might be permanent. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. They're trying to come back. But I see them as one of the three teams in the SEC East now in football, not basketball, in football that, that are actually competing to, to, to go to Atlanta. Um, and that's just a testament to Stoops. Best coach in the SEC, not namesake. And, and that's a that's a valid point. We've been saying that for a long time. When you look at the SEC East, 
like eight out of nine wins against Missouri. You know, I think it's nine out of ten or eight out of nine against South Carolina. Yeah. Vandy is Vandy, obviously. Uh, <laughs> right. But, you know, but Florida and Tennessee, I know Tennessee that head-to-head, and I don't know, Vinny, you get it being down there in Knoxville. But, yeah, yeah I know head-to-head, but they keep finishing above Tennessee. And, Every year. Uh, you know, finishing second to this Georgia team, you know, not not the worst thing in the world. And even during that Georgia game, the offensive line held their own. Yeah. Now yeah. it was the other positions where Georgia's talent was was overmatched, but Kentucky was able to sustain some drives against Georgia that not oh. a lot of other teams were able to do. And I know exactly. you don't want to reward mediocrity. Is that what they say? Your cheer mediocrity, but that's something you can hang your hat on. They scored a touchdown when it meant something against Georgia that right. not too many teams did. Well, Clemson, you know, there were a lot of teams that didn't actually score on that defense or score a touchdown. Uh, yeah. They were, I think there were like five games in the season and there wasn't anybody that scored a touchdown. No. Uh, yeah. When Clemson didn't, I was like, man, this is going to be a long year for 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 uh, uh, these offenses up against this defense because this defense looks like it's clicking. And yeah. it's always – Georgia has one of those teams where, like, when are they going to put it all together? They have the recruits every year. When are they actually going to put all the pieces together and actually go out and win it? And this just happened to be their year to do that. But you see what Stoops is doing. Stoops is kind of like one of those – he's sneaking up. Have you, have you ever, like, looked – you know, you're walking down a dark street, and you look back, and somebody's about, you know, 50 meters away, and then you take a few steps, you look back, they're like 40 meters away. You keep looking back, and Kentucky keeps getting closer and closer and closer, and all of a sudden – you're going to be in a dogfight trying to get to the SEC championship with this team. Stoops just keeps building it better and better and better. And I, I you know, the, I'm, I'm actually surprised at how fast, you know, they kind of overtook uh, this past decade, overtook Tennessee in terms of talent. I was looking at the, 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 the combine. I was like, you know, in the combine, you, you're usually looking at, your first and second round picks. That's usually who's at the combine, first and second round picks. Um, I don't. As a matter of fact, over the last three, four years, the only – I don't think there's any been any picks that haven't been in the combine in the first and second rounds. The only team – the only players that weren't at the combine were injured. There were two of them. Um, but so you're basically looking at, you know, high first and second round picks for the most part um, in, in – in, I started looking. I was like, again, Kentucky sent more people, more players to the combine than Tennessee. And I don't think people are like catching that. They're not looking. They're not looking at these other things that Kentucky is doing, you know, to kind of surpass that program. They'll look to the head to head and be like, ah, yay, we, you know, we won this game. But the program itself, you know, you can you can there are a lot of different ways to 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 rank a program. Uh, and one of the ways I always rank a program is a, you know, what what level of talent are you getting? B, you know, with that talent, how many players are you developing that you know the NFL wants? You know, because you can get a whole lot of talent, and they come out underdeveloped. You know that that the the next level doesn't want them. That's you know you might have a college program going on, but it's not really a football program. You know. Nick Saban has a football program. He gets some of the highest level uh, uh, players. He brings that level up, you know, and supports that level and then sends them on to the NFL, which we see them playing at a high level there. 
And that's that's a football program, you know, and and he's also winning at the collegiate level. Uh, so you're starting to see, you know, Mark Stoops start getting, you know, the, the, the recruiting rankings are creeping up higher and higher and higher. There are more people going to the league. That's how you know that you have a football program going on, because if the NFL scouts start looking at your players and say, yeah, I want that guy on my team. I want that guy on my team. Hey, who's Kentucky going to have? We need to bring those guys. When they start doing that, then you know that you're doing something right in that program. The wins will follow necessarily. There's a lot of luck that comes on the field, um, oh, yeah. you know, especially being able to get the right officiating crew in there to win. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need the right yeah. officiating crew to win. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. You, you know, said it, not me. You said it. <laughs> <laughs> but you and, and I've watched SEC officials in there, man. We had some uh, uh, Mississippi State game. You saw how they messed that up in our favor, in our favor. But I was like, yo, man, uh, okay, we'll just take pick this ball up and win this game. And they were complaining about it. I was like, those are your officials. <laughs> those are SEC officials. Yeah. But I understand. I understand now, you know, just, just getting a getting a little taste of that SEC officiating, man. That, it's it's kind of crazy. But sometimes you just need the right officials in the SEC to win some of those games. And, um, you know, you're, you're starting to get – uh, players in and out of that program and is building. I've 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 been pleasantly surprised, uh, even since I've left Louisville, uh, that to watch that program kind of build up and build up and build up to what it is now. And it and it was a slow burn. You know, my whole thing yeah. is you can be like some of these teams and go from two wins to ten wins, but that usually means the NCAA is coming shortly thereafter, right? Like you <laughs> you you you've done something, and yeah. Yeah. You know, the way Stoops has done it, it hasn't been glamorous. You know, the two wins, the five wins, it's been slow. It's been steady. It's been, you know, facility upgrades. It's been recruiting upgrades. It's uh, spending more on coaches. Uh, yeah. It's, it's you know, it's Liam Cohen going back to the Rams yeah. to be the, yeah. the, the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, you know, folks checked with me because we brought in a lot of, a couple of guys from the 49ers to, on the staff. And I'm like, look, Whatever you think about the 49ers on the offensive side, those two guys we brought in, Vinny, they got Jimmy G to the NFC Championship game. So whatever right. you think about <laughs> the 40, you know, right. that's all I'm going to say is this is what we did with this dude. So they should be able to to help with the offense. So I'm excited about that moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's a that's a it's a solid program, man, especially because I, you know, I was I was there during the Joker Phillip days. You know, I was like, man, I want you to win. And he kind of like cracked the ice. I think he beat Tennessee for the first time in forever. Uh, but but that I was just like, man, here's his program. And I know it could be better, you know, and, and they're hanging their hat on. We beat Tennessee for the first time in forever. And I'm like, man, this is this program could be better. I wonder. And then all of a sudden, you know, a Stoops brother comes up, takes the helm. And, you know, a, a few years later, I shouldn't say a few. Uh, what is it? Seven years now? Six, seven years later? Maybe eight? Is this his eighth year? Yeah, he was might be going eight and nine, twenty thirteen or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe eight, yeah. eight or nine mm-hmm. years now. Um, you know, all of a sudden you kind of surpassed a, a stalwart that was 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 in the SEC East in Tennessee, and now they're on the. You know, they're looking around like, man. Well, at least we can still beat Kentucky. We can hang our hat on that. It's like the whole. <laughs> 
you know, it's like the whole thing changed. It, like, they have no, absolutely. You know, absolutely. They, they have no aspirations for an SEC championship. They're just hoping to beat Kentucky every year. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, I can't, I, you know, if you would have asked me that in, 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 in 2010 when I was up there, I would have been like, man, I, I, that that's something I would love to see. But here we are talking about it. It's already it's already happened. You know, it's already happened. We've seen two 10 win seasons, which is what, you know, uh, that's all that's all that was the talk up there. One day they're going to have a 10 win season. And all of a sudden we've seen a couple of them. So um, so now it's, you know, there, there's the foundation. Now you can actually put together something where it, now it's time to put to, something together to try and beat Georgia, to try and beat Florida consistently and try to beat Georgia and get to the SEC championship. Absolutely. We have had you on here and and bragged on you before. I've said it before, um, just on your show, which we hey, yeah. talk about Sports Radio American Network College Credit Hour. How TB and I will hit a bunch of topics. We'll kick around a couple of topics and move on and get nostalgic about something. TB will go to soapbox <laughs> about something. We'll have a couple of guests on, but as far as just going in detailed on one particular. <laughs> mini topic of a topic and you'll do a segment on it. You yeah. do two segments on it. You'll yeah. do a whole hour on it if you want to. I'm like, I yeah. don't know how Memphis Memphis can just stay on one thing and do an hour and it'd be compelling to listen to when me and you we don't, we don't move on TV to something else. <laughs> <laughs> Memphis will dive in and get to the minutiae of it and pull up stats on it and, and like I said, you'll do half your show. you do an hour on whatever that topic is. If you get on it, if a caller asks you something, yeah, that's just that's just. I remarkable. I just love the details of of sports, you know, and 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 thank God that that I have an audience of, of of boosters and 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 really intelligent sports fans that kind of want to go a little bit deeper than the cover of 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 sports. Kind of want to jump into and, and dig into some of those numbers, dig into okay, this happened, but why? Because that's what, you know, I, I, a lot of times, you know, um, things that interest me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking for the audience that does this interest you too? Do you want to know this? Because I'm going to, I'm going to, or I'll say, somebody will ask me a question that I can't answer in one of these group chats and Twitter, or, you know, um, or, or, you know, just maybe even out just randomly. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. Let me find out. And that'll be a topic for my show. Um, but, and, and sometimes those are how the topics are formed. I'll just sometimes the minutia, I'll be like, hey, look at this, look at, oh, I just, you know, and I'm starting to put things together. Because, I mean, in real life, you know, I'm an analyst. And, you know, I, I'm always analyzing stuff, whether or not it's legal analyst, uh, financial analyst, whatever. Um, you know, I'm always analyzing stuff. And that's how I kind of got into, like, a whole lot of analyzing different things and aspects of sports. Um, because there's a lot of people who are statisticians, and they're just looking at the numbers but I want to see what those numbers mean before they hit the paper. I want to actually be able to analyze the game with my eyes. And and over the years, I've gotten pretty good at, at seeing something before it actually, you know, before you actually have a paper trail of it. And that's why I was able to come on here and tell you, hey, I'm starting to see this Kentucky football team build to something great. They're going that if they continue on this trajectory they're going to hit that. And, you know, if I can do that in in the stock market, which I have a couple of times, then I can do that in football as well. You know, I can see the future of, of where this is going if they continue to do these things. 
um, they're on a path to success. And that's that that's just kind of me. That's my nature. I like to uh, do that type of stuff. But you guys are the legends, though. You guys are the legends. Terry's a legend. Vinny's a legend. Man, I'm telling you, man, I, I'm, I'm in some of these other SEC chats. And he was like, yeah, man, I, I was listening to Cat Talk Wednesday. I was like, I bet you were. <laughs> I bet you were listening to some Cat Talk Wednesday. Uh, and some of the guys that 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 were in the um, uh, the spaces are some of the guys that I'm in some of these group chats with. You know, I'm like, why don't you have why don't you have the why don't you have your legends in, in, in this group chat? Um, so, you know. Uh, but uh, it's it's a it's it's a wild world out there in Twitter or whatnot, and you know we have some of the same. Like Michelle's always listening to either of our shows. She says hello, I, I, by the way. She, yeah, tweeted, I, she tweeted in to tell you hello. <laughs> I don't know how she does anything else because I know she listens to twenty hours of Kentucky theme uh, radio right, right, on top right. of everything else she listens to. Yeah. And I, I used to think she was just making it up. I was like, "Hey," but she'll tweet you at you something, some little throwaway. I'm right. like, "Oh, that was a deep cut. Like that was just right. me rambling." So, uh, like you said, or sometimes you got- I'll be talking about something, and you know, I'll be talking about a stat. Like, who was that? You know, who what was? Uh, you know, who who was on that Jamal Mashburn? And she and, and and it'll just come through. Like, oh, okay, yeah, it was. You know, he was he was on that team or whatnot. She knows her stuff, and she knows she's she's a super fan, and she's always listening. I don't know how. I don't know how. She is always listening. Absolutely. Always, always, and forever. She's been our number <laughs> one fan. So, what you got coming up, man? On on the College Credit Hour, Sports Radio American Network, you got some. You got some special guests. You got some tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, I'm gonna have SK Patrick. He's our uh, new managing editor uh, at Sports Radio America. Uh, Julian was Julian was our editor for a long time until COVID, uh, and then the military decided to take up more of his time. So we have a new managing editor, SK Patrick. He's going to be on. He's been a writer for us for I think five six years, uh, uh, and and then he started becoming the lead writer on the ACC. Now he's uh, the managing editor. But we're going to be talking about the ACC. Uh, how many how many teams they're likely to send to the tournament? Uh, how many, you know, what the expectations are now that that Duke lost that game? You know, there's there's some vulnerabilities that we've seen with Duke here lately that we didn't know existed, and, and it's shown up with North Carolina and Virginia here lately. Uh, and whether or not, you know, what kind of impact that's going to have, that should be a pretty good show tomorrow. Uh, and then I'm going to have my man Rick Saratella, uh, NFL Draft Bible. Now, this guy – probably has some of the best information out there uh, in terms of uh, NFL recruiting and drafting. And I've been following him for a while. He just celebrated his 20 year anniversary and during COVID worked out some sort of deal where he's with, uh, I think his, his properties with sports illustrated now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, we, we've been seeing each other at the NFL PA collegiate bowl annually. I had him on the actual broadcast this year. Uh, but I'm going to have him on because he has he usually has the inside track on what the other scouts are saying, you know, because he's always supplying information to all these NFL teams and all these scouting directors across the NFL because he has some of the best of it. Uh, and he usually has the inside track on what's being said about the the, the players throughout the process. 
Uh, and sometimes he'll hear something at a pro day or he, he he's a world of knowledge and I'm probably going to have him on uh, along with Queen Bridget on Monday. So we, you know, we keep it rolling there on, uh, on sports radio America. Oh, you guess do, but Queen brings it every single time oh, she comes on. All the time. She is One a heavy hitter. Most knowledgeable reporters, period. Not female. One of the most knowledgeable reporters, period. Uh, she can hang out. She can hang with anybody on a moment's notice. Um, was trying to, you know, she said the other day, she was like, man, people don't even know about Bill Russell. They're having all these, you know, top five lists. I'm like, wait, where's Bill Russell at? You know, why, <laughs> why'd you got Bill Russell on this bad boy? So, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, she knows her stuff. She knows her stuff. And she sounded a little bit, just a little bit like Wanda Sykes. She got a little Wanda Sykes. <laughs> I'm going to tell her that. Because she, well, first of all, she's a fan of Wanda Sykes. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell her that. She'll, she'll probably be like, yo, I think I'm doing something right then. I think I'm doing something right. For sure. And so tell, and for those that don't know, tell everybody when you broadcast and where they can find you. And uh, Sports Radio American Network. Um, COVID hit us hard, no lie. Uh, we had to give up some shows and try and get those to other homes before uh, w- while COVID was going on. But we still have three primary shows. Uh, mine's one of them, the College Credit Hour, noon to two Eastern. We're doing that Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, Lenny is still broadcasting out of Houston. Uh, H-Town Sports Talk with Lenny Moon. He has on a lot of the, the greats. Had Jerry Levias on there uh, the other day. I mean, with the first black scholarship athlete in the Southwest conference, just live talking about, you know, um, you know, when, when he walked into the, into the locker room and Dr. King met him and I'm sitting there, it's like, I can't believe this is being broadcast on this network. I'm just history, 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 so much history out of his program. And then we have uh, John Lunn out of New York. Uh, and he still, he still does his, he's the now uh, the producer for the ACC network for Sirius XM, uh, but still produces a show for us here on Sports Radio America also. He, he was primarily here, and then we got him a, a spot up there, uh, you know, because COVID. <laughs> uh, but 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 he still produces a show. He, um, he broadcasts at 8 p.m., uh, and he does his show, I believe, on Thursdays, Thursday, or no, Friday, Friday uh, at 8 uh, is usually when his show airs. So uh, a lot of good programming still there on Sports Radio America. I'm just happy to be able to hang out with these Kentucky legends, Terry and Vinny, every now and then. Whenever, whenever I can get on, whenever I can get on, I'm going to try and get on. <laughs> you, you were one of our first guests, big guests uh, uh, forever and ever ago. So we certainly want to want to reciprocate that and, and, and show some love. Absolutely. And I need to get both of you guys on soon. Yeah. Both of you. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, yeah. I, I love to talk and, you know, Vinny <laughs> – Every time I look up, Vinny's doing something else. You know, that, that, that's that's the beauty is Vinny's doing all kinds of stuff. I'll be yeah. guessing on. I be guessing. My mom's gonna get me, Vinny. I'm guessing. I'm guessing on stuff, but we always come together on on uh, on, on on Wednesdays and and, and yeah. do our thing. And it's it's what started all right here, man. This is you know, even if we do branch out and do this or do that, we you know. Yeah. It, it wouldn't it's, even it's, happen if we hadn't started this little thing. It's kind of like method and red man, right? Like we do it, we That's got right. our own thing, but we come together, That's we right. make we we make it happen. 
That's right. Got to got to do your own album, you know, yeah. every now and then rent out. But but when you get to we get together and do that album, whoo, that's hot. right. Always fire, Vinny. Hey, you already know. Man, oh, can't thank you enough, Memphis man. And look, appreciate. Uh, tell the missus hello, the better half hello. No doubt. And, uh, glad you was free on a Wednesday to hop on with us. And yeah, looking forward to what you bring in tomorrow. Uh, when you broadcast, man. But you know, we, like I said, thanks for hopping on the spaces last night too. We I, I appreciate that. You got to hey, see. Hey, when I when I have some time and I can, I'm gonna jump in there, man. I love to hear. And you know, uh, people are asking me, well, why, "Why don't you talk more?" I'm like, "No, I'm here. I'm here listening to you. I talk for a living. I'm I'm, I'm here to listen to. You. I want to hear what you guys have to say. This is a perfect time where I get to sit here and just kind of, you know, sit in the in the community and listen to, you know, people people what what people have to say, what their qualms are, what their questions are. Because every now and then there's a question. I'm like, hmm, I wonder what the answer to that is. That can be a topic for my show. Yeah, it, 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 it's always fun. We 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 love to do it, you know, and and have uh, folks come. You know, you like you said, you got your show. I was like, look, I I'm, I'm talking every Wednesday. Y'all y'all right. need to say something too. And there's always a, there's always some nuggets to get dropped. So we appreciate that. Thank you, Memphis, for coming on. We we still gonna rep- we still gonna represent the nine on one, baby. Yes, yeah, so that's right. That's right. Ted, give your mom some love too. You know, give your mom some love. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mama, Mama B's doing doing awesome. She's she's doing real good. So that's good. That's good. All right, gentlemen. All right, appreciate Thanks, Memphis. Yes, sir. Memphis, appreciate you. Memphis Spence, College Credit Hour, Sports Radio American Network. He is the program director, voting on the football writers, and and got all kind of ballots and doing all kind of stuff. But yeah, man, hopping on here, dropping knowledge. I gotta get in the spaces. I'm kind of hit and miss. Sometimes I'm I gotta get up early and I'll I'll be done crashed out and don't make it, but I gotta hop in there with y'all when I can too. Well, I missed it last night though. Well, we're gonna do one on Sunday after the brackets come out. We're gonna do a spaces and talk through the brackets. I know specifically, you know, Kentucky's path to number nine, but we're gonna go through all the regions and everything like that. Um it's always it's always fun, you know. Forty, uh, I think we had you know maybe thirty people last night, but 40, 50 people uh, come on there. It's always it's always fun. Yeah. Uh, we got We got to talk about the NFL. Uh-huh. We got to talk about Aaron Rodgers. And look, I'm not gonna say anything because it's not my money. It's not my money, right? <laughs> but that's an awful lot of money to pay to someone that can't beat Jimmy Garoppolo in a playoff game. <laughs> now. <laughs> If you want to pay, uh, if you want to pay Matthew Stafford, because he can beat Jimmy G in the playoffs. All right. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to pay Patrick Mahomes that kind of money, good, because he can beat Jimmy G in the playoffs. But paying all that money to Dak Prescott, paying all that money to Aaron Rodgers, that's a lot of money to be paying folks that cannot beat Jimmy G. The man who threw an interception to Super Bowl with his eyes closed and the man who threw a, a backwards lateral <laughs> in the NFC Championship game. Oh, man. <laughs> I was rolling when I saw that because I knew you you was. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, I put it on the Packers fans. But the thing is, they can't say nothing. They can't say nothing. That's right. I, I had somebody say to me, oh, you thought Jimmy G was the reason that they won? That ain't what I said. 
<laughs> what I said was, you can't beat Jimmy G. <laughs> That's true, man. <laughs> but good for the Packers. You know, look, man, like I've been saying for years, every offseason of my adult years, going back to the 90s, has been, what is a Green Bay Packers quarterback going to do? And it just, as Packers fans, don't y'all get tired of that? Don't y'all just get tired? Like, see what you did when you got hurt, Don Mikowski. See what you started. Exactly. You, you know, like, healthy and finished out your career. We wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> at, at least your Cowboys, they made that transition from Romo to Dak. All right, good. And we don't have to every year. Is Dak coming back? Is Dak happy? Is Dak sad? And we do it all the time. What is, you know, Ed Werder down in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, watching planes land? And, you know, the last few years is is uh, Aaron Rodgers, is he going to do Wheel of Fortune? Is he going to do Jeopardy? Is he going to bring back who wants to be a millionaire? Well, maybe he's going to start a TV show. Like, look, come Olivia on. Olivia Munn, Danica Patrick. Is he going to marry anybody? <laughs> yes. Is, you know, who's his girlfriend? Come on, man. Like, come on, pa- uh, Packers fans. Y'all deserve better than that. Does the dude want to be there or not? But the, the issue is, and I've had some Packers agree that Bomani Jones brought up building your offense pass first when your home field is Lambeau Field doesn't make sense. It's double down on it now, and I guess that means they're gonna bring Devontae Adams back. So they're gonna they're gonna run it back and keep trying. But but throwing the ball around, and if you look back at when Favre was really, really good. They had Dorsey Levins. They had some running backs. They had Armand Green. Like they had some. They had a running game because you have to have it Edgar in January Bennett. in Green Bay, Wisconsin. You can't Edgar throw the Bennett. ball forty times. Edgar Bennett, right? When he up there too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You, but you, when the ground's frozen, you can't do that. Uh, and how do I know? Because you know when we were growing up, the Packers were undefeated at home in the playoffs. Nobody wanted to go to Lambeau. Mm-hmm. Because the Packers would run the ball, and now they switch to pass happy. Now you got Mike Vick walking in there with a win. You got Eli Manning coming out with a win. You got Jimmy Garoppolo coming out with a win. You got <laughs> you got you got all the you got all this stuff, and uh, you know. But look, it's, it's not my money. Do what makes you happy. Uh, Russell Wilson getting traded to the Broncos. The Broncos think that that's their recipe is getting a slightly older quarterback and seeing what happens. Good on you. I mean, the thing is, the C West is just as tough as the NFC West. Uh, so, you know, do you think that uh, you're going to beat out Patrick Mahomes? You're going to beat out uh, uh, Herbert uh, in uh, for the Chargers? I mean, that's that's tough. That's tough sledding. Derek Carr ain't horrible. You can do worse than Derek Carr if you. They were in the playoffs this year, so you know. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that was when you had Drew Locke before that. I guess you, I'd, I'd go after Russell too if I was in the uh, But but yeah. for Russ, I'm saying you know he's leaving the NFC West, which has been competitive mm-hmm. uh, these last few years. Uh, to the AFC West, it's going to be tough. Now Seattle's going to be doo doo. Which is going to be Bobby, good. Bobby Wagner getting released, so it's it's offensive and defensive. Just it's, the, it's, the it's a wrap. Yeah, 
and I'm glad. I'm tired of Seattle fans and this new money. We got a Super Bowl. You got one? Get out of my face. <laughs> we got one Super Bowl and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. Yeah. I know I'm 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 petty. That gets you feisty. The Denver fans bringing in the guy that uh, you know that's that's who boat raced them before they won that Super Bowl because I mean yeah <laughs> that Super Bowl in New York was a disaster. It started out they snapped it over Peyton's head and it was yeah. just over as soon as it started. And so now they bring in the guy that was on the other side of that, and it might not mean they're going to win the division, like you said, when, when you look at that division, but I don't know. Yeah, got to do something because he, <laughs> as a quarterback, his eye for talent since he's been in that position has been terrible because the, <laughs> the Trevor Simeon, uh, Paxton Lynch. And the, uh, and the tall quarterback, Ooh, too. Uh, Who was that tall quarterback Mark, they had? Mark Osweiler. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's tall. He's six foot ten. Like, these dudes dude John Elway has brought in to quarterback his beloved Broncos. Th- those are the names. Well, and you can you can say, and this happens, it, the, because you were a great player does not mean you can be a great coach. Mm-hmm. And it certainly doesn't mean you can't be a good uh, or passable uh, executive. Yeah. The the list of great players to great coach to great executive is very, very small. I mean, you, you, obviously you look at Jerry West and mm-hmm. what he was able to do, which uh have you have you watched the uh HBO uh the winning time it's about not. the Los Angeles Lakers and Showtime? Yeah. I figured you might want to check it out. It's the team of our youth. As we were growing up in the eighties, Vinny, you know, the Lakers were winning five championships in nine seasons. Uh so I thought you might, you know, take it back to your youth and, and watch that. I don't even know if I had that. I got to see if I got that. Is it Showtime or HBO? I don't even know what it is. HBO. I give you. I give you a. I give you a login HBO because I really want you to learn about your Lakers history. I think it's very important. That you learn. Which is what makes me not want to watch it. I res- I respected y'all, but I couldn't stand y'all or the Celtics because that's who it was every year. I had Lakers and Celtics fatigue, and so. <laughs> So, but I mean, I'm I'm curious to see what you think about it. That's why I sent I sent you the link to Perlman, your boy, who was on that on the podcast with Rome, because they are talking all about it and kind of yeah. diving into. It. So I'm curious to see what you think about because they brought dude's book to life. So I can't wait yeah. to listen to the I, podcast. I read the I read the book yeah. uh, when it came out a couple years ago, whatever. I can't remember now, but I read the book and okay. I'm 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 all in on this because it was one of those things where you know we we you the Lakers fatigue, right? We get that. Yeah. I don't understand it, but you have said you've got Lakers fatigue. Uh, <laughs> it's a real it chronic thing, man, for us. For, it's a real chronic thing for us, you know, other people. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I, I, I like seeing the Lakers in the finals. It it's it means the world is back to normal. Um <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many good nuggets in the book that, uh, you know, as I'm reading it, I'm like, man, this is the book is well written just in general. Uh, Perlman's a great writer. So I'm going to listen to that podcast and uh, I'm saving up. I didn't I have not watched the show yet, but it's one of those they're going to release every Sunday. I think I'm going to wait so I can watch like two or three episodes. Just kind of binge it, as the kids say, mm-hmm. Um uh, because I'm I'm excited about it. Just in the clips, 
uh, Jerry Buss understanding that this is L.A. We've got some built-in advantages to being in L.A. We're going to have the hottest club in the town in the same building as our basketball team kind of thing. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, look, I love Jerry Buss. He was he was single. He enjoyed the nightlife. Like, he enjoyed being the owner of the Lakers. And for me, it is taking it back to olden times when it was just like family owned or one guy owned instead of these conglomerate that own all these teams now mm-hmm. where it's not just about like Jerry Buss wanted to win. That was above all else. And I don't know, as we look at like the baseball uh, lockout, do these owners want to win or do they want to make money? Now you can make money without winning. Yeah. That's, that's obvious. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we, we saw Donald Sterling do that with the Clippers. Like, oh. How are the Clippers work this much? And they are doo-doo. Like, what is going on here? So if you've got an ownership group that actually wants to win, that's rare. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of these folks want to make money. Winning, yeah, you know. Right. So if you get some owners that actually want to, to, to build and do things to win, that's a benefit. And, and Dr. Buss wanted to win. You know, I'm curious too. Spoiler alert! I mean, I'm not trying to get in the way, but Perlman said that Genie's reaction to the book and the actual show has been different. And I was—I thought that was interesting when he answered that. So you'll get to that when you listen to the podcast. But I thought that was that was interesting as well. When all it is is his book being brought to the screen, but her reaction to each one was different. So I thought hmm, that was. Hmm, interesting. Did, did she not like the book? Says so she liked the book, but she's not. She's been kind of not responding, not talking to him about the movie. But she liked the book and read the book, but ain't he ain't heard nothing yeah. from her about this uh, okay. well, production. I'm like, hmm. It, it'll 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 be interesting because, um, like I said, I thought the book was was fair and accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it didn't hide all of the. Uh, the underbelly, like, like Jerry Buss probably should not have been able to purchase the Lakers. He had to call in a lot of favors and do a lot of things to purchase the Lakers uh, because Jack Kent Cook, who owned the Washington football team, owned the Lakers. Wow. And so uh, uh, Dr. Buss had to call in a lot of favors to get the money to buy the Lakers. And part of it was you got ownership of the forum as well. And that's how the nightclub, it was basically, he needed revenue streams is what it was. Mm. And so you got the nightclub, you you get the Lakers girls. Like, basically, look, we're in LA, we've got to put on a show. Like, being good at basketball is not bringing people in. Like, we got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and the turnstiles ain't turning. Yeah. So what can we do on top of good basketball? To, uh-huh. to bring people in, especially in L.A. Like we've talked before, you know, L.A. fans get a lot of uh, flack, but there's so much to do in L.A. It's yeah. so spread out. It's so big. There's a lot going on. And like I've told people, you know, the Lakers and the Dodgers, the two oldest L.A. franchises, you know, it, it's, it took them a while to get traction. And they were uh-huh. good from the jump. 
Like the Dodgers won the World Series the next year after they moved. And the Lakers went to the finals and lost to the Celtics, you know, eight straight times or whatever it was. So the teams were good, but you still have to do something to, mm. to be must-see TV. Now, uh, as the Lakers look toward a, a rebuild or whatever they're going to do this year, look, I told you I'm fine with the Lakers doing whatever. You know, LeBron had 56. Good for him. You know, if AD comes back healthy, we'll see. We'll see how this team goes. I told you in the offseason, I don't like the way this team is constructed. It's a bunch of guys that were good in 2008. Like, how is this going to work? I don't think it's going to work, but we will see. And it hasn't. But as I was, I had a little back and forth with our man Kendrick Haskins uh, from Wave 3 in Louisville. I'm like, look, I don't know what the Lakers will do. I just know they will end up at some point with two of the top 10 players in the league and they'll figure it out because that's what they've always done. Mm-hmm. And his thing was, well, you know, they, they, they get young players, they develop them. And I said to trade, <laughs> yeah. that's how you get Wilt for a bunch of young kids. That's how you get Kareem for a bunch of young kids. That's how you get <laughs> AD for a bunch of young kids. Like that's just how it goes. The, the the Lakers fans aren't gonna sit through a rebuild. Like that's just not gonna happen. Uh when you look back to after Magic retired in 94, 95, you know, that's when Sed Sabalos was an all-star, Eddie Jones was an all-star, Nick Van Exel was an all-star. You still had Vladi Divac, but those guys aren't superstars. No. And and that's when Jerry West looked around like Let's go get Shaq. Like, you know, because the Laker fan base, I don't – look, Brandon Ingram has, has been playing well. Lonzo Ball is playing well now. That ain't what people are going to – not Staples, Crypto Arena to see. That's right. Uh-huh. If you in L.A., you are not going to spend money on a ticket to go watch Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram run the weave. Like, that's not going to do it. Like, LeBron yelling at fans – Oh, okay. I'll go see that. You know, <laughs> you know, Russell Westbrook get into it, folks. I'll go see that. The Lakers thrive on that, and they always have. And that's my point to folks: is that's that, that's just what they do. Some fan bases will tolerate a rebuild or a bunch of young kids that are plucky up and comers. That ain't the way it works, man. Like, you know, it's it's Kentucky basketball. Coach Cal can't bring in a bunch of two stars and talk about. Oh, they playing hard. That's yeah. not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. It didn't work, you know, for it, it hasn't worked since Rupp. You can't just be out here with some plucky underdogs. Now, I know, like you talked about the, the unforgettables and the hometown kids, it helped to have Jamal Mashburn. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you gotta <laughs> we you know, we love those guys. They stuck with us through thick and thin, but having Jamal Mashburn on your team helps. Mm-hmm. So if you're Kentucky, like you can't just be out here. We playing hard, running the Princeton offense. That won't cut it. People ain't coming to rut for that. We're not, we're not coming to for see teams that play real hard and play the right way. No, you need some dudes. You need some player of the year candidates. You need some all SEC, all Americans. That's what this is about, and that's what the the Lakers are about. Like I know your Rockets, they're very young. They've been kind of up and down. That w- it just wouldn't fly, and I'm not you know, poo-poo in your rockets, but that kind yep. of rebuild, it doesn't fly. Mm-hmm. So, true. 
you love it when I talk about the Lakers too. I see oh, the joy yeah. in your yeah. face when I'm talking about LA. Even when they're terrible, I still always manage to get 20 minutes <laughs> to get 20 minutes out of the Lakers. Man, can you go ahead and text me that login, man? I might just go ahead and you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm excited, I'm man. Like I said, I'm gonna watch it. Peep at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So I knew uh, I knew I had to send you that podcast. I knew you was excited, and and yeah. So you know, Perlman, and he was seem honored at the fact that this book is is getting to watch his book play out. And these well, spoiler alert: he's even kind of an extra in the show so that's and some of his family members so that's you need to look forward to that too so yeah the background on that though is uh uh will farrell and his uh his, his his like production buddy adam mckay who's doing this they fell out based on this uh series because oh. farrell oh. wanted to play uh dr bus oh. and oh. they yeah they had a falling out uh, about that so um but I'm excited. Like I said, I'm gonna let another episode drop, and I'm a I'm a check it out. Yeah. Um, I was cool to learn up the guy the the coach before Westhead. I didn't know nothing about him. Didn't know how that happened with him with the bike accident and all that. Jack, yeah. So I was I learned yeah. a lot of stuff. As much as I hate the Lakers, I learned some stuff. TB and I was actually paying attention and soaking up the. Him getting hurt and not coaching again, and then Westhead ran his offense that first championship, and mm-hmm. so I, yeah, I didn't know about any of that. So yeah, and then and then Magic <laughs> took the brunt to get uh, Westhead out and get Riley in. Yeah, it's you know uh, just reading all that, and you know, look, I'm a Magic fan unabashedly, and you know he he did some things that you know he probably would take back. I think that's about. Uh, mo- how most of us would act, but yeah, yeah, the Lakers aren't above you know little little backdoor dealings and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. As we talked about with Memphis, old enough to remember. I'm old enough to remember when it was Tragic Johnson when he came up short in the '84 Finals. Like uh, that's why you know debating people's legacies while they're still playing is you don't know how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you you look at. Coach K's first 10 years, and you'd be like, oh wow, underwhelming. You don't know how it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. You know, when people when people figure it out. That's it. So you gotta give give people time, give people a chance, just like we talked, we started off with Kyle Elsie. And you know how how purpose the perception of her has changed in a month. Yeah. Just because you know, people kind of rushed to kick dirt on her and oh, and now she's cutting down nets in Nashville. Wow. So hey, you know, calm down. I, and like I said, we we don't really panic. We didn't we didn't panic about her. We didn't obsess about Shaden Sharp. We didn't we ain't said a word about Sky Clark decommit. None of that stuff. All these are topics, but we just kind of you know you know recruiting classes. We bring on guys who cover that, and okay, you tell us what you know. All right, and then we that's just how we do it, man. The the same people. You know, this was funny. I was, you know, on the Twitter streets, the Florida game on Saturday. And, oh, people, a lot of of Kentucky fans, oh, my goodness, it's the last game of the year. But you're the same people that kept bringing up the nine-win season last year, same folks that are worried about recruiting for next year. I've always been, enjoy this team. What we're seeing Oscar Sheway do is historic. Most rebounds in the season in my lifetime, 
going back 50 plus years. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, like enjoy this team. We've got the player of the year. We've got a legit shot for the next couple of weeks. Let's just focus on the here and now. Let's just let's just focus. I will worry about next next year gonna come, yeah. and I will worry about that then. When whoever's on campus, who's ever on the roster, I will worry about that then. But focus on the right now. And I've always said it, and I will continue to feel this way. I feel that the 2012 title wasn't celebrated long enough. I felt everybody moved on from that too quickly. It was yeah. Banner was still swaying in the Raptors, and it was let's get number nine. I kind of I was, and so. If this season doesn't end the way everybody hopes for, if it's a deep run but it's not a championship, I'm still going to go back and watch the Kansas game. I'm going to watch the Tennessee game at home. I'm going to watch the Alabama game at home. There's a ton of moments because, like you just said, just coming off of 9-16, and there are a ton of games this year that were just fun to watch. You're always tweeting out, this is fun. This is fun. You it, tweeted it, out on Twitter when it's a, a run. Kentucky goes on 16-2 run, blows the game open. You tweeted out, shout out to the Rave on Sports app when we're co-hosting the chat on Rave on. This is fun. Just it's just three words. This is fun. It is it is absolutely fun. And like Memphis said, Kentucky, you, you have to work hard as a Kentucky fan to be miserable. Like you just have to, you have to work at it. You know, people are like, oh, I hope we get I hope we catch a break. What are you talking about? Like, I don't want to, don't want to be in here with Duke or Purdue, or I don't want to be in. I don't want to see them until the final. Four. Look, look, man. If you're going to win six games in March, you got to beat some good teams. No team has gotten since the field expanded to 64 back in '86. No team has won six games and played nobody. Yeah, like it just it doesn't work like that. Whatever and, the opposite of chalk is, nobody has ever. Yeah, you don't no one is keep playing the lowest seed available. Like you're not gonna play a number 16 seed in the championship game. It's just not in the cards, right? So you gotta play teams. And you know, as a Kentucky fan, if you are focused on the misery versus the good things in March, yes, the 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 Duke Christian Leitner shot, it can still hurt. I, I get you. But we got Aaron Harrison shot. Like we've got uh uh Brandon Knight, we've got all these other things that you can point to. And say, you know, it's been it's pretty good to be a Kentucky fan. I, I've, I, I said it. I saw this that was shirt. And I can't remember who it was. Kentucky fans love T-shirts. Kentucky basketball makes me drink. And I'm like, champagne. <laughs> if, if, if Kentucky basketball makes you drink to drown your sorrows, then what do you do with the rest of your life? Like, you know, I see a lot of these young Laker fans. Woe is us. All right. You. All right. Like. Calm it down, you know, have a little bit of perspective. Like I told you when the Niners lost the NFC championship game, I've been fortunate enough to see my teams win multiple championships mm-hmm. in my lifetime. Yeah. I mean, you, I, 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 you, we joke about Super Bowl 23 where Jerry Rice was the MVP, 11 catches, 215 yards of the touchdown. But I remember that game. I remember the 55-10 against Denver. Yeah. I remember the 56 or was it? 46 20, whatever it was against uh, 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 San Diego, the Chargers. I remember that one. Um, I remember that. I remember 96. I remember 98. I remember 2012. But I also remember 
other teams that were really, really good. And that's what sports should be about. Championship or bust is just a poor attitude. Uh, I remember, you know, the Terrell Owens uh, catch against Green Bay in the playoffs. The catch, too. Like, that's not a Super Bowl memory. You know, I think think we lost the next game maybe to you guys. I can't remember. Uh, But I remember that. That's what sports is also about. You know, if you're like, well, the 2011 team didn't win. They just made it to the Final Four. Well, yeah, but I never screamed louder than I did when Brandon Knight dotted Aaron uh, Kraft's eye. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. You know, like, uh, and if you're a Kentucky fan and you're talking about how 2014 was a disappointment, I'm I'm, I'm through with it, dude. Like, yeah, back man. three shots back-to-back. Back, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's just. Like, you know, there, there's got to be more than the, the championships. But if you're all about championships, Kentucky still got more than everybody except one. Like, exactly. come on. Exactly. You can't be disappointed with that. But like Memphis said, sometimes you borrow trouble and all that kind of stuff. So exactly. I'm, I'm off my soapbox about that. We're going to have fun. The exactly. Cats going to win down in uh, – I was going to say Nashville. But down in Tampa, they're going to win. Uh-huh. And they're going to win wherever they go in the tournament. Like, uh-huh. let's go. Because we got an Oscar. Like, we got somebody that can rebound. He's showing some offensive game, you know. We got mm-hmm. Ty Ty that can get buckets when Severe is stirring the drink. The that, that attack. Kind of, his stroke, his stroke has improved dramatically. He's hitting threes. It's, it's not just a layup. He got. I mean, he's hitting jumpers and and, and constantly taking jumpers. Not just oh, I got to throw this up because it's a shot clock. Oh, they swinging it at me and I'm open. And I'm rising up and pulling. And this it's a big difference in his jumper. Yeah, and, and if you look at this roster, this 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 team is built for this. You know, yeah. you, you you factor out, okay, they're not going to be playing any road games, so you don't have to worry about that. But this team is just ready. When you start checking off boxes, do you have guards that can dribble and penetrate? Yes. Do you have shooting? Yes. Do you have a dominant inside force? Yes, yes. Like, bring it, man. Like, you know, there may be some teams that have an advantage of this place and that place, but they also have to deal with where Kentucky is strong. Mm-hmm. And having Oscar out there is going to – he's a game-playing changer. Sure is. You know, that we haven't had in a long time. Mm-hmm. He's relentless. Talk yeah. Dre Edwards relentless. Oscar's, Oscar the same way. Yeah. It, 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 he just – you know, I, I tweeted out. I think I put it on the Rayvon app, like – Trying to rebound against Oscar Shibway doesn't seem fun. Like doing it for 30 minutes doesn't seem fun at all. And you can see in the second half of a lot of these games, these dudes don't want to do that. Yeah. Like that Castleton for Florida, at some point, he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like this doesn't seem fun. Like I it's just. My, yeah. I tip my cap to Jalen Williams in Arkansas because he, he made plays down the stretch that helped them. Because I tweeted out, and I mean, old takes exposed could have gotten me if they wanted to. Because Oscar got a put back, moved him out the way, scored on him, and Jalen Williams took the ball out of the net and had his head down and was beaten. And I tweeted out, I said, That man's defeated. That man is defeated. Now he came back and hit some jumpers and drove in and made some plays. Tip my cap because dude, dude found his second win somewhere. But yeah, he's been like the exception to the rule. Because when you go 40 against Oscar, it's like you work, you know, 12 hours in the coal mines. You drag yeah, like it. I, I don't, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Get this doesn't seem fun. 
Somebody <laughs> take my shoes off and let me sit on the couch and take a nap. That's the way you know most people normally are. <laughs> I'm gonna run through real quick because next time we're on, the champion will already be decided. So, it, like I mentioned, it is the girls' sweet 16. They done already had some games in Rupp Arena. We had Pikeville playing Cooper, McCracken County playing Southwestern, Henderson County playing Franklin County. Bullet East beat Bethlehem 67 to 50. Boy County and Meade County played. Meade County won at 53-46. Bowling Greens playing Letcher County Central. Corbin's playing George Rogers Clark. Sacred Heart out of Louisville. Uh, the Fighting Anna Terulos are playing Anderson County. I believe they're defending champs too, and they just been rolling people. And let's see, is there another score? Southwestern beat McCracken County. Did I say that one? Yeah, Southwestern beat McCracken County. Bullet East won, Meade County won. So congratulations to them, and congratulations to whoever we'll be talking about next week that wins the Girls Sweet 16, Mingy Beef Jerky Girls Sweet 16. And the boys will get started next week, and we'll be able to see what Reed Shepard's going to do and all the other teams that are up in there. So it's that time of year. I got Cameron Mills is always – on the mic for a couple of those games. He's on the call with uh, usually a, a the voice of Eastern or Western or Murray or whoever they bring in there to pair up with him. Because, yeah. uh, you know, Tom Leach is, is out and about covering the Cats still. Sometimes Paul Rogers is in there too. The voice of the Cardinals will be calling some of those games with an old former coach or something like that. So uh, it's that time of year already, man. March Madness is up in here and, and it's – here we yeah, go. We, we, we've already seen some some butter, buzzer beaters in the tournament. We've already seen a uh, shout out to Bellerman. Yes. Uh, winning the uh, A Sun cha- championship, even though they bizarrely can't go to the tournament, the NCAA tournament, which I don't understand the machinations of that. But uh, Scotty Davenport's got a, a a really good thing going on in Bellerman. Uh, so tip tip my hat, they, they might be the, the third best team in the in the state. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned them because they're, they're right there in your city, and yeah, he's had. I mean, he's been there forever, and just constantly keeps them at a high level. So yeah, congratulations. Yeah, they, they, they transitioned a couple of years ago from D two to D one, and winning winning a championship. So yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff for the city. And that's just so weird, Jacksonville or Jacksonville State or whatever. It's like, thanks, Bellman, appreciate y'all. Because we got a ticket to the dance now. That's yeah, so- I, I think it's Jacksonville State that's going. Uh, I don't like I said, I don't understand all the details, but whatever, whatever. But congrats to Bellerman for, for doing something that, um, you know, hey, tip my hat to him, absolutely. And thanks to uh, La Terrain Watches, Play Action Pools, uh, for helping also partner up with us and BS3 TV, BS3 Network with Ben Sutter the third, and just. Give our thoughts and prayers to Ben's wife, Erica, who had some surgery today. So hopefully everything went well with his better half. Because that's always stressful. So hopefully she'll be okay as well. So we squeeze in all kind of fun stuff. Thanks to our man Memphis Spence and him coming in, bringing knowledge, and man, we just enjoyed chopping it up with him and you know him seeing how great Kentucky football was going to be and. You know, Before kinda, we start, yeah. Yeah, just kind of helping us <laughs> embrace that. Oh, this team's gonna be good. We're gonna be good in football. This is this is new. Let's here yeah. we go. <laughs> so thanks to Memphis. Thanks to UTV. Uh 
stay warm, stay safe. Hope the hope the dental work is all right. I got to get a little piece put back in next week. A little crown. They got to glue some. They got a it's a little gap. They got to fill. So, oh yeah, yeah, all that stuff. But uh, we'll get through it and hopefully be back again next Wednesday. It's March Madness here, y'all. Cats be rolling. We'll you know we'll see what we'll, we'll be talking about. Another fifty eleventh. It's the tournament championship. They're getting ready for the NCAA tournament, man. So, Absolutely. Thanks to Memphis, and we'll do it again next week, Vinny. Absolutely. Appreciate everybody. Y'all check us out where you get your podcast or on Roku TV. Watch us on your device, and we'd appreciate it. So from my man TV, this is Vinny Hardy. Another episode of Cast Talk Wednesday. We'll holler at y'all next week.